Yo, yo, yo. Before I get started, just want to let everybody know I have stickers available. If you would like one, feel free to reach out, and I have more merch coming on the way. I have a very special guest today. He is the one who wrote the intro to this podcast. We talk about his upbringing with his family around music and what carried that inspiration over to where he is today, playing alongside certain bands such as Fit for a King, Gideon, For Today, We Came as Romans, Silent Planet. The list really goes on. We also talk about his nerd love passion for Star Wars, Disney, and The Last of Us. Spoilers ahead. Plus, we close out with a fun conversation on our thoughts with Christian bands and Christians in a band and just people with their faith. So please give me a warm welcome to the very skilled, very talented Austin Hawker. Yeah, honestly, I think you're an idiot if you think the earth is flat. Hey, guys, welcome back. I am with my friend Austin Hockert, not just friend, but groomsman and someone who wrote this beautiful intro to my podcast. Welcome, Austin. How are you? Oh, I am good. Did you start it already? Because my kid has just ran out here. Yeah, I started it. It's okay. okay. So I did want to ask you before we talk about, obviously, your background and stuff. What was your mindset with writing the intro? Because I have already got quite a few compliments. Um, actually, I've got only compliments. Oh, um, I don't know. I just thought of like, I don't know. I, I guess, yeah, it's something that kind of had like a, a beat vibe to it. Like didn't want to overthink it. So I kept it pretty simple. Yeah, for sure. It's pretty sick. It's pretty sweet. Um, but welcome, dude. I'm excited to to have you on. And of course you have, beautiful setup because of your studio production background i guess you could say which we'll get into that um so you and i have met bramfest i want to say right probably well yeah maybe that's probably yeah. right yeah and i didn't really know i've heard of you but i didn't know much about your music background and to be honest even though we're like really good friends i don't know much about your musical background or at least like how you got started well i'm happy to divulge Please divulge uh, me, on me. Divulge me. I'll divulge all over you. Please. Wait. <laughs> Is this like a dream uh, episode or? I I can I can cut it out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Good to know. You can also cut out all the noise from my kids running around here. I don't have. I don't hear any background. Oh, good. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, good because it's noisy as hell on my side. So. <laughs> um, no music background. I guess. It kind of started when my dad uh, joined a cover band. Um, he joined a cover band like when I was in like uh, seventh grade or something, like middle school. Okay. Uh, never really was singing before. He like randomly sang at some, uh, I think, karaoke thing. And then there was a band there. And then they saw him sing and he just kind of started like getting involved. So then me being like a middle schooler, 
like with nothing to do in the town I lived in except like play sports or die basically I was like well that seems pretty cool this whole music thing well because you you grew up in Bram right yeah yeah and at the time I remember when I moved I didn't move to Bram but when I moved up to Cambridge Bram was known obviously for their basketball program yeah yeah so state like every year it felt like um, yeah in a very small school so everyone knows everybody and everything about everybody um but yeah no then i just started kind of gravitated more towards like playing guitar and i barely like messing with singing at all just kind of figuring guitar out um and then just started like i I taught myself how to play because my dad kind of helped me i hung out with the guys in the band um and yeah, just from there, just kind of elevated on its own. I'd started bands with various um, friends in school and just kind of like climbed the ladder that way, I guess, moving from one band, doing that for a few years, starting a new band, learning new experiences and all this stuff. So, yeah. 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 And then we met um, and then we ended up being in a band together. My only band. Uh, I don't even remember how old I was. I was over 20. I was like mid twenties probably because I know we're not too far apart, and um, obviously I was like you, me, Justin. Well, I knew you through Justin. That's kind of where it started because Justin lived in Bram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I don't yeah. really think we met until the band thing started, like becoming yeah. a conversation. I think it was me and Justin knew each other, and then he was like, "Oh, my friend Jason screams," and then we kind <laughs> it of was that way. yeah, it was at Bramfest. I remember meeting you there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we were just talking a little bit and whoever I was with, he was like, yeah, scream for him. I'm like, I'm not just going to stand in a parking lot and just like do some hot topic 2007 stuff. You know what I mean? That's just not, it's just uncomfortable to do that. So I'm not going to have that, that be my first impression. Yeah. Um, you end up on the cringe Instagram page that we follow. Oh yeah. So there's so many Instagram messages between that group chat, um, which we could get into that. Either this episode or a couple ones down. Um, yeah. But oh yeah, so that's that's where I remember we met because we started the band, and that's where we did practices at your parents' house in the garage, like typical, mm-hmm. just as you'd expect, just like garage band practice. And it's one of those things where like it was great memories, and then I look back and see some pictures. I was like, man, there were some cringe moments for <laughs> for us because we were like growing up and figuring things out. But like, it is cool to kind of just see. Like how far is you specifically have have gone from even that to where you are now? Because um, you ended up going to school in is it New Mexico or Arizona? Arizona. Yeah. And what yeah. was what was that school? Uh, I was called the Conservatory of Recording Arts and Sciences. Okay. Mouthful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they call it Crass for short. Um, I'm a Crass hole. I went to Crass. Hell yeah, dog. Okay. Um. But yeah, and I went there for audio recording, which I've like was always into growing up. It's kind of a cool like circumstance with that school, actually, because I I applied my senior year of high school, got in, happened to be dating a girl from Arizona at the time. So I flew down to hang out with her and then go check out this school because I was gonna maybe move. And then I met Leah, and that relationship didn't really go anywhere. Or, or you know, the one with the other girl, obviously, because then I met Leah <laughs> and I was just up here. And uh, I don't know, I guess I put that on the back burner, like got married and was like, ah, well, I guess I got to probably do something different. Like, sounds a little crazy. I don't know. And then funny enough, 
I turn 25 or something and then like decide to just apply again and see what happens. Mm-hmm. And then I got in again, got up, I, I got up, I got in, accepted or whatever. And then uh, just kind of had this like talk with Leah and we're just like, yeah, let's give it a shot. Let's do it. You know? So it's crazy to go to the school that I like toured six years prior with a totally different like life circumstance. So it was just weird. Yeah, cool. and that, and you went so you ended up applying after you got married, right? Yeah, we had been married for like five, six years, probably. Oh damn, that's right. I forgot how long you guys been married. Yeah, it'll be ten years this year, dude. She, hey, she won't listen to this. What are you guys gonna do for your ten year anniversary? Uh, nice. Yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'll cut that out. It's okay. No, keep it in. <laughs> keep Let's it just in. Another baby's on the way. <laughs> You heard it here, exclusive. Yep. Um, yeah, that's sweet. And then you ended up after college. What was your band? Okay, what bands were you in after Hope of Strength? It was Let Go. Yeah, Let Go and then Still Breather. So okay. Still, Let Go was like the year I got married, like 2013. So that was like 10 years ago. Oh my okay. God, insane. Um, yeah, so that like started that year, did some lifelong memory things with that band things i will never forget um super fun experience was it uh, the iheart festival uh, i matter festival i matter festival um, yeah who'd you play with i forgot man it was quite a lineup i can't believe we got to do what we did but um it's a huge free festival out in new york every year every year i still see updates about who the new lineup is and uh we somehow got on the bill as like the first debut band so there was like a bunch of local bands that played on the flyer like in small words and then we were the first like big band that was like playing and we're just some like hardcore band from minnesota and then after us it was paris which is insane because that band blew up and then we played with it was like mouth of the south uh gideon fit for a king sleeping giant strafe oh no um stick to your guns and we came as romans like all in that's right i was literally on a stage in front of like three thousand people it was i'll never forget that that was just such a cool day and then having like because they announced the festival so far in advance uh-huh had like 50 people up front screaming every word to our songs and i was like dude this this is insane like it's surreal it was a one-off show we just drove from minnesota to new york our van broke down an hour away from our vocalist's house we drove nice. back to the house or got back to the house, spent three hours figuring out what we were going to do because, like, we can't miss this this experience. Yeah. So we loaded up my PT Cruiser and Travis's uh, Toyota Camry <laughs> and did it. And it was like the one of the best days of my life. It was so cool. Dude, that's so sick. Having yeah, I remember. At catering, like, with my favorite band sitting at a table with me, just like chatting it up. I was like, uh, I'm. I don't, I'm not worthy. Just don't look at me. <laughs> it's weird because I still, obviously I was, I never made it to that magnitude. Um, so like, that's awesome that you did, but I still have like those, um, like, I don't want to say fangirl moments, but I mean, even the shows I go to now, and if I just walk by the merch, I'm like, oh dude, that's, that's, you know, so-and-so from TWP or something like that. Um so I can't even imagine what your feelings would be like because you don't want to act like like just a giggly little fan and you just right. kind of want to be normal because like that's how people just like being treated in general. Right. Um, 
Yeah, I remember now you were telling me that, and I was just like, just grinning. That's so awesome, dude. It was crazy. I mean, even like, there's so much about that. I could, we could almost spend a whole episode talking about all the crazy things that happened for that. But like, it just was, yeah, we sold all of our merch, all of it. So we, over $500 worth, which that, that does a big deal for a band like us. We were not that big. Yeah. Like, just sitting at our merch table and like, Bobby from Fit for Kings just comes and chats because he's like, we're one of the bands. Like they, th- I think they think we're one of the bands, and it's like, dude, we're not on your guys's level. We're just like lucky to be here. This is crazy, but for we sure. were treated like one of them, which was surreal. Like taking pictures with fans and stuff. I'm like, I, what do I do? Like, I, <laughs> I played with 30 people at back home. You know, this is 3,000 of you, and they all loved it. It was just, yeah. <sighs> it's like I almost like I my peaked in 2013 <laughs> like i don't know if i'll ever do anything that cool again but hopefully dude 30 people was like was good at some some of those shows oh <laughs> like yeah some, 30, some year like oh hey people it filled out a room yeah dude and yeah. like 20 of them are your family sold two shirts <laughs> just giddy giddy is mm-hmm. all yeah so and then yeah, after that it was still breather you guys are still active not really active i mean we haven't like broken up or anything but like we've been uh we've just been like on a hiatus i guess ever since covid just like covid kind of like the whole shutdown thing it was two months after we dropped the full-length album that we worked Mm -hmm. two years on and covid kind of made that like a waste of our time in a way yeah it was like a very demoralizing thing that i don't think we ever really came back from um we like 2021 man it's crazy it's 2023 and we still, we recorded two new songs in 2021 at the end. And here we are, like, they're just sitting in like a Dropbox folder somewhere. Dude, honestly, 2022 is a blip. Like it does feel, like it's already March. You know, I know what I mean? Right. And it's just like. The year's a fifth of the way done already. Yeah, like it's still weird saying like 2023. And I'm like, oh, it's it's like yeah. middle of March, you know. I know. Um, yeah, yeah 20- that we like puts, we created music almost two years ago that no one's probably i don't know hopefully they see it like like i'm down to do stuff but I, the other guys i think maybe just don't have it the drive to do it right now they're busy with other stuff you know and that's fine I've it it definitely back. depends on like and i'm i am not the one to obviously say a lot on this because i don't have as much experience but like even when i look back it really depends on like where you are in your life um and obviously like weighing out what the priorities are or like what your passions are and stuff and and having things like lined up properly like for me at the time when we were together um and at the time we were in a band wink wink uh at the time we were together i had like a full-time job i didn't really know like the commitment level and stuff and then i remember we sat down a couple of years after that, you were having a conversation with me about like, I'm with let go, but I don't know, just kind of like, we're, we're just figuring things out, you know? And of course, I knew you were going to end up somewhere on your feet. And obviously you did. So it's, it's got to be hard too, like just having depending on the size of your group, even if it isn't music, like if it's just in general or something like getting everyone on the same page is especially now after 2020. Yeah, yeah, it definitely was kind of like a huge wind out of our sales thing. Mm-hmm. You put out a new album, you plan to do so much for the next six months after to like promote it basically. And it was like, ah, nope, can't do that. So it's kind of like, oh wow, everything we worked for that we kind of put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, a lot of emotion, a lot of tough kind of conversations sometimes, a lot of like stress, just a lot of ourselves went into those couple years. 
and we put out an album that I'm like so proud of. And I just feel like, man, it was all for nothing. I mean, like there's people who dig it and listen to it and that's cool. I even like to go back sometimes and jam it, but it's like, man, this really just all kind of got stolen from us and there just hasn't been a good time for us to come back fully on it. So I'm kind of doing another project now while that sits there and waits, I guess. Anything you want to talk about or you got to wait on that? Uh, nothing that I have to wait on. No, yeah, it's just a new thing that Sun announced that uh, started with a mutual friend of ours, Gabriel. He'll be, he'll be, uh, he'll be coming on here pretty soon. Oh, I bet for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and then another guy from, he's been in a number of local bands, um, that I've played with growing up and he was in like four letter live for a little while, which is like a Minnesota. Um, Yeah. I've heard of him. Yeah. So he, yeah, it's just some, uh, new jams we've been working on, did a video for, and we're going to send it off to a couple labels and see what they say. Yeah. Well, if you guys need, um, I have a lot of practice to do, but if you guys need like a merch guy or something, I'll start with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exciting. I should. Um, fun, fun fact, and we'll get into this uh, later. But uh, I was just with my buddy in Nashville, and he did play drums, and he was watching me just like go hard on an air drum, and he's like, "Why are your, why are your hats like this far out?" I was looking like an orangutan, so I'm just like feeling it. And he looked at me, yeah. he's like, "Please, please don't do that at the show." I was like, "I, I." I, I won't. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So the album that you came, that you had was still breather. You also had some singles too, but um, you shot a music video for that cover. Yep, yeah. Where... Right. Yeah. It was before um, the album came out too, actually. That might've been like 2018 or 19, which is insane to think about. But um, yeah, that was fun. I mean, I've grown up listening to that song and like, you know, oh, it's was, a classic. Yeah, and if I was it's ever in a band that wanted to do a cover, I didn't want it to be like a punk goes pop type thing. Like I was like, I just want to do a cool song that everyone knows, and it's like, damn, I haven't heard that in a while, you know. And then try to do it well, and I like how it turned out, and um, it was very fun to play live because I would do the harmonies in the chorus with James, and those always turned it out turned out pretty well. Like when we'd sing together, and a lot of local bands don't do that, so that was fun and always got good reaction video did pretty well online so yeah that was a cool thing i'll always look back on fondly yeah i'll um i'll post it uh once i post this episode i'll post that cover i mean you shot a couple of music videos though i think you shot four uh still breather yeah that was yeah it was still breather yeah so you got hereafter was your first one no uh uh first one was head voice head voice and then wraith wraith Yep, and then the cover, and then hereafter. So yeah, four. Oh, I forgot about Wraith. Dang man. Yeah, holy cow! You have, dude. You got quite a few views on at least the cover. You got over eleven thousand views. Yeah, that one. <laughs> that one's been doing all right. Yes, that's well. I mean, it's a cover of a classic song. You know what I yeah. mean? And the music video's got that. I really like how you guys did the obviously the lighting with just like the straight, just white and black, just kept it crisp oh, and kept it clean. And okay, that was so, say those eleven thousand views are all organic because we never once promoted it. I don't know why we just like released it and like, hey, if you like it, share it around. Like we didn't put money into getting people to see it or anything, so it's all pretty organic. Well, I know I promoted, I posted on my Facebook, so like I feel like yeah. I deserve a little bit, which is fine. It's okay. Um, I'll add you to the thank you notes at the. 
description. <laughs> yeah. I don't have the password for that. I can't do that. <laughs> right. So tell me where you are right now. So you decided to go to Florida. What's the music scene like down there? Um, it seems I think there's a good hardcore scene down here. I haven't gone to any shows. Um yeah. but I think I have a couple of friends who moved down here that play like in the hardcore scene and like I always see them talking about stuff they're doing. Um it seems like a lot of big shows. This is a good spot for big shows though. Um because you are outside of Orlando. Yep, I'm just out on the west side. Um and in Disney Springs, which is like their little shopping entertainment, like dining district where you can go to for free. Yeah. There's a venue there, House of Blues. And right. I didn't realize that they had the caliber of shows that they do. Cause I was walking one day and then I looked over. I was like, oh, that's I Prevail right there. <laughs> Fit for a King was playing. <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah. And I'm with their drummer. So I texted him, like, dude, are you in Orlando? He's like, yeah, we're playing at House of Blues. I'm like, dude, I'm here. Like, I'm outside. <laughs> like, I live here now. Like, it yeah. Was so unexpected. I didn't realize that. I was just there with the kids and with Leah. We were just like walking around and getting food and stuff. And there's Fit for a King putting on a show. So um, I see a lot of shows coming there and like announced in the general area between here and Tampa mostly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I haven't done anything like locally. So I'm not sure how like popping it is. Yeah. Indy's got, um, they got, I mean, their local scene is, 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 isn't too bad. There's a couple. I, I'm not gonna. I don't want to butcher this, but um, there's a couple bands that th- there's a venue called Hi-Fi that that has a pretty decent amount of the shows that that happen here. There's also the Hoosier Dome. Um, Silent Planet tends to sell that out all the time. It's definitely a smaller venue, but I mean, with a band like Silent Planet, that place can get packed pretty quick. The scene here is. I, it, it's not. It's not too much on the hardcore side. I guess is what I'm trying to get at. There's a lot of like good local talent though, for sure. Yeah, I was just curious what it was like down there, because I know it's obviously a bigger city where you are. So yeah. I'm sure the touring the touring bands are going to hit that area more than like Indianapolis. Yeah, Florida kind of seems like it has like a few really big cities that all com- are able to compete with each other in terms mm-hmm. of like the types of shows they can have. Like, I'll see bands announce tours and they play all three cities in Florida, like Tampa. Uh, like Fort Lauderdale maybe is when I saw one and then Orlando it's usually the three cities I see like on a poster so yeah yeah, yeah it cool. seems that seems about right I mean almost any big tour has at least one of those three cities on there or yeah. two of them at least you know yeah yeah um sweet what uh I want to hit you with a couple like topical questions or rapid fire questions but were there a couple bands that like really got you into kind of where you are or actually what bands got you started? Like, you know, like what were your inspirations? I suppose is probably the proper way to ask you. Yeah. That's always been tough. Cause I feel like the type of music I've been like into has changed mm-hmm. um, over the years. Um, Cause I definitely grew up on like more radio rock type of stuff. Like, um, 93x baby yeah yeah exactly. all rock all day all the time 93x half <laughs> uh, hard rock rock um, <laughs> it's always like some girl like trying to sound like way too sexy she's like 93x oh, yeah. oh my god yeah but um 
I'm leaving that in, everyone. I'm not cutting that out. Please leave that in. Um, but no, I think a big band that's kind of like almost like a family favorite band for us was Alter Bridge, which is Creed 2.0, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I grew up like our whole family was kind of all like really into them. I just think because like my parents were and we were always listening to them. And even to this day, I'll go back and listen to them. Cause, I mean, they're an incredible band, um, especially like their first like two or three albums. Like I kind of fell off a little bit. I, I haven't listened to anything new, really, because it's not really been that cool to me. Mm-hmm. But, um, a lot of it stems from their guitar player, Mark Tremonti, who uh, was always been like my kind of idol growing up. Um, he, he's just to this day is like untouched, I think, for guitar playing. And uh, so, yeah, always just kind of growing up listening to him, grew up listening to Creed, obviously, too. So that kind of bridged pretty easily. But um, I always feel like I have to say that band. Um. And then another band, I guess, uh, Lincoln Park was huge, especially yep. for, um, which got my 20th oh. hoodie right here. Hell yeah. Um, but yeah, no, like that Meteora album definitely like changed my my prepubescent brain. Just yeah. the brain chemistry was altered when that came out. Oh, yeah, that was definitely one of the albums um, where I mean, I don't listen to obviously I don't listen to radio rock right now or i just don't i mean you got spotify or apple music and you know there's a lot of other options out there but i would always hear songs just being overplayed time and time again on the radio but if it was lincoln park i would never get tired of especially that album because there were so many bangers on it you know what i mean right um so yeah i would def- I'd definitely share that with you for lincoln park yeah yeah and then i Remember, like, when my bridge from, like, radio rock to, like, heavier music was Breaking Benjamin. To this day, I will go back and listen to them for hours. Like, absolutely incredible band. Um, Don't care what anybody says. Um, But, yeah, like, Three Days Grace, like, see, they're all those, like, radio rock bands that kind of were, like, would do very minimal, like, screaming here and there. Um, And then, like, Under Oath, of course, just huge, like, inspiration. So... I can already see like where it's starting to transition, like you said. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a slow burn into like really heavy stuff, you know. And uh, so yeah, I just feel like I, it's always been hard for me to nail down like the top ones, but I guess that's kind of like the timeline, and then from there it it stems off in too many directions. So. Oh, oh, great! Because that's actually coming up. I'm going to ask you some top some top albums coming up. But, um, man, listen to that. I don't know. Did our dads ever meet each other? I don't think they did. No. Okay. I like, I like only have, I'm trying to think if I even met your dad, I had to have met your dad. Yeah. A couple times. The thing is, is he, so we grew up, he was in the whole high school band cover band thing. And basically anytime we went camping on the weekend, he had a guitar. So I grew up around the music background, a little different. So Frank Zappa, uh, Bob Dylan, Eric Clapton, Zeppelin, Um, you know, kind of that whole scene he was, he, he loved, and then it would transition a little bit. And that's kind of how I got involved. Um, or that's, that's where I came in with my, um, introduction to, to good music or some of like the classics and then branching off. So Lincoln Park would have been the one, um, then it definitely transferred into the heavier side. I remember I was in high school in band class and my buddy had his phone out. It's like, check this music video out. And it was As I Lay Dying. Oh, yeah. 
So this was 2006, everyone. So Tim Lambesis, I think, was okay at the time. <laughs> he was in the clear. I think I think he was in the clear. He also didn't have the muscles. And then from there, it stemmed more into the heavier side. So I did jump a little bit, but once I was in, it was you know it was back in the day. It was Pandora Radio, where oh, yeah. you just put that. yeah you put down like like we came as Romans Radio, and next thing you know, you get hit with like everything in that genre and then some right right looking and back pandora was pretty cool because pandora like, was pretty dope you couldn't pick your songs you just picked radio so it was like the best way to discover new music yeah because i just put on like oh i really like gideon so let's listen to gideon and like oh I, i'm i love for the fallen dreams now i love stick to your guns like I'm, <laughs> I've never yep. yeah yeah it's like yeah it's super cool actually yeah it was great because it it hit more on the genre almost the subgenre side too where it's like not just post hardcore but like post hardcore rock punk or something like that and then now geez i mean under oath for sure um but even now it, it's changed and i don't know if it's because i'm older but it's still i i still like that that heavier I, I would almost say like metalcore, deathcore side, you know, like ABR, uh, Prada. That's definitely mm -hmm. where I'm at. Of course, that's fresh because I just saw them, but that's yeah. that's more of that's definitely more of where I'm at now. Um, but I'm not ashamed to say I go back to like par. I'll always go back to Lincoln Park, or oh, yeah. um, <laughs> I'll I'll bump some Creed every once in a while. Why yeah. not? Breaking Benjamin for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um. Okay, a couple questions here. First of all, how what's your touring experience like? Uh, it's not super extensive. Um, okay. It really is just like a little a short kind of tour we did with Let Go, which had a lot of things go wrong with it, but it was also like one of the funnest weeks of my whole life. So like looking back, it's like, yeah, there was we were new, we were babies, kind of figuring it out, made a lot of mistakes, did some things that probably like weren't as like, ideal or like made a lot of sense in terms of like being a band and just i think we were like really excited and maybe trying too hard a little bit all yeah. that to say it was such a fun time and like the band we toured with feel like family like even to this day so okay. like very cool experience um but it was very short and like i said i did it for a week we would do a couple weekend runs where we go to like play um lacrosse wisconsin jet over to south dakota or iowa do a couple in between like those are just like little mini weekend runs we would do a few times mm -hmm. which are always super fun because we did them with really good bands that were like way better than us but they would ask us to come out with them and that was always like a, a privilege you know and like conveyor at the time where they were pretty big or like uh we did a couple with earth groans which are a big band from south dakota uh, yeah solid state now yep um should have joined the band that guy asked me he asked me to play bass one time i definitely should have <laughs> jeez yeah because i was gonna say they started to at least they came across my algorithm maybe two years ago okay yeah they've been doing yeah. it for a while but yeah yeah they're a very sweet band um but yeah that and then that new york show i was talking about earlier that's really about it for for oh. two weeks it's not a whole lot well i wanted to see what your thoughts were and my goal is i, I want to have as many artists on of all different types um more so on like the musician and film side and and pretty much anything but uh i'm gonna ask i have a series of questions i'm gonna ask most of the musicians but i want to ask you 
Um, what are some essentials when it comes to tour? Like, like if you are packing up, like what are the must haves? It's got to be dude wipes. Yeah, I was gonna say that, or as a dad, I just think of like wet wipes. But yeah, dude wipes might make more sense. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, <laughs> you got to stay clean somehow, or you have to somehow not smell. That's so funny you say that because we um we stopped at this casino somewhere on tour in uh, I don't even know why we did that. We were in Iowa or something. I don't know. We just went to a like a casino, but I think we were just trying to like park and chill out. And our drummer was using dude wipes and cleaning up. And he's kind of like a raggedy looking guy at the time. And the small security came around. And she was like, are you guys okay? And we're like, yeah. She's like, all right, well, homeboy's taking his clothes off, getting dirty over here. I'm just trying to make sure y'all are okay. We just died laughing. <laughs> she thought we were like crackheads or something. Like, no, we're just, we're 20. We're on tour playing rock music or heavy music. So, um, but yeah, no, it's, yeah, wipes is, is a good one. Um Obviously, just toiletries in general is probably like a good like way to cover one line. Just like toiletries, like toothbrush, deodorant, all that good stuff, obviously. It's so funny because I remember watching, uh, was it Tour of Osiris? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you watch you watch some of the people, you're like, hey, this is like, this is my bed. Here is my water jug and my piss jug. It's very important yeah. that you know the difference between the two um or like you would have like the power supplies with the power strips and everything for oh, like yeah. people's chargers and then as time went on you see oh this band started to become a little more successful and they have a sprinter with like a little tv and an xbox setup yeah, yeah. so totally. i was just i was always curious like what your version of the essentials would have been or like kind of like pre-tour when do we feel like it's right to go on tour well, yeah, it can be kind of tough. It, it it can depend on a lot, but I think traditionally what has worked really well is like the ripple effect. Start off wherever you're from, like, for example, Minnesota, play some shows, become a band, you know, and like at least play a few shows where some people have started to hear of you, you know, release some music, just establish yourself in one spot. And then the ripple effect is just connecting all the states nearby. Like, well, for us, so I would, okay, let's, we should start playing shows in Wisconsin south dakota iowa illinois doing a ring that way and then like once you get that kind of region established then i think that's a good time to go anywhere because then it's just going to be like well at this point you're just establishing yourself in new regions farther on so yeah i guess however long that takes you know i mean i think a new band could realistically realistically tour within a year or two okay of, uh, forming themselves i guess but it all depends i mean like for us, for example, my new project, if we, you know, submit what we have to labels, we, we could be touring quicker than most bands, you know, just because it's the circumstances of how we put ourselves out there. Yeah. yeah. Um, I did want to see while you were on tour, my road trip experience is pretty much just driving from Indianapolis to Minnesota right now. Right. Mm -hmm. So I see a lot of gas stations. If you could tell me the best gas station to stop at. I'm talking like it has all of the needs. I'm talking clean. I'm talking a large amount of gas pumps. What would your answer be? I'd probably say quick trip always. Yeah. See, that's that's where I'm at. But I'm also, it's it's between quick trip and loves for me. Loves, um, yeah, loves for like those interstate things for sure. Loves would probably win over quick trip, I'd say. 
yeah because the showers where you're at because like it's down south they have bucky's which is kind of like even bucky's. better or yep. we in florida we have wawa's which are decent you know but uh and quick trip is only in the midwest so it's like it depends on where you're at but midwest for sure quick trip it's funny because it wasn't until the job i do right now where i service throughout the country and um I had like service calls down in like Texas and other areas in the South. And it was like, Hey, Bucky's blah, blah, blah. Like some, something is needed there. I'm like, I don't even know what the hell Bucky's is. And then I want to say it was the last like six months ago where it just started popping off on TikTok or Instagram. And I've seen pictures of that place. And it's, it's like a convenience store, gas station, grocery store, deli store. Like it's pretty legit. And I think they have merch. They do have merchandise. Yeah. Actually there too. Yeah. And their logo is like a fat chipmunk or something like that. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's pretty legit. So I'll, like I'll give you that. Of a Walmart. We drove by them on our way down to Florida. I'm like that. That's a gas station. Like that's bigger <laughs> than a Walmart. But yeah, definitely a nice place that kind of has everything. So. um, All right. So let's just close this section out real quick. The question gets tossed around a lot, like, what's your favorite band? And I feel like if I asked you now, and then if I ask you in five minutes, it's going to be a different answer. Yeah. You know, could you rank, not rank, maybe not in a particular order, but could you give me five bands that are your favorite? And then give me a couple bands that probably don't have enough respect that should be on the radar more. Yeah. Well, it's funny you say that because I think my whole life it's been impossible to ask answer like what's your favorite band question i think i for the first time in my life i have an answer i think you know who it is (laughs) sleep token like i i my whole life i couldn't answer that question but i do think at this moment like my favorite band of all time is sleep token do you think it would have been sleep token for those of you who don't know please go to spotify check out sleep token they've been definitely popping up i'd say they've been popping up a lot more the last year three months specifically yeah with them dropping singles it's different because if 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 i were to see them how they are now like 10 years ago i think i was def i was more in like the heavier interest back then um but now just the way their music is and there's there's like an interesting type of beauty to it and for me i i think what helps me um choose them is the fact that they cover so many genres because to me it's like oh well I don't know if I can answer what my favorite band is because I'm like so deep into like metal music the last 10 years of my life that it's just that kind of feels like my world right now. Yeah. And yet so many types of music I li- like I listen to, like I love hip hop. I love R&B. I don't really listen like a lot of like electronic music, but like country super- for sure. Here's incredible. Um, super, super cool. But Sleep Token just like, yeah, they have the heavy parts when I want to like make the stank face, you know, like, oh, my God, that's just so damn heavy. And then, like, they're making me cry in the next song with the piano. And then they're, like, making me dance in the next song with, like, some sick trap beat. I'm just like, dude, these guys, like, it's everything you want. Like, for me, anyway, it's just everything I want, like, in one project that doesn't feel like a mess. It feels so incredibly well done that I'm just like, I, yeah, I just don't think I've experienced, like, a better musical, like, type of project like that. And it is almost surprising, too, because they hit all of those... I'd, I'd say more styles than genres. Um, yeah. They hit those styles damn near flawlessly. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, are they going to try this? It doesn't feel like it's forced or unnatural, really. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And kind of on top of it, I mean, even if I never saw what they look like, I'm still going to love that band. But it's cool because Kelsey hasn't seen what they look like yet. And she's she's listened to them with me. So my goal is to take her to a show and just be like, all right, Sleep Dope is next. And they're going to walk out. She's like, what? (laughs) What What is this? Why? Why? Um, And I knew you were going to say them. I was curious who who would be like your other, let's say, like a couple other ones. Yeah, yeah. No, for sure. That's the thing. It's usually been a battle between a few. And like mm-hmm. in a year, I changed my mind and they're not it anymore. I doubt that. But like, it's just they're the the most confident I've ever felt with answering that question. Um, but otherwise, no, like, man, favorite bands, like, I guess I'll try to keep it into kind of like this metal world we live in just because mm-hmm. the other ones feel more like nostalgic and tight, kind of like uh were more of a stepping point into other things as influential as they were like, you know, Lincoln park would have been a safe answer for that. Like I, I don't really listen to them that much anymore, but they changed my life in terms of music. Yeah. It's hard to now at least think of them, but um, for these types of bands though, uh, Gideon for sure. Huge mm-hmm. I mean, band for me. Um, not so much lately. Uh, not super digging the latest stuff. It's a I wanted to, band. I did want to check in. I wanted to talk to you about that yeah after after this part i just want to see your thoughts on some yeah. of it but okay so gideon i can see again um i probably like to say counterparts too counterparts has been huge in like the way i view how music is written those guys are just on another level well and under oath i guess I'll under oath kind of could say. earlier but under oath um, okay all the all the big ones man you know, like prada august burns red like yeah i like yeah i thought issues was like for the short run they had as a band were pretty mind blowing too. Well, because it was like "Woe Is Me" two point almost. Yeah, like um, so much better. Like when, but when they so much better. Like funk and R and B style. It was like no one sounds like this. These guys are incredible. Yeah. See, it it's obviously going to be a hard question because of how different bands were when we were introduced to them to how they are now. Yeah. And I did want to get your take on. Well, I'll just mention mine real quick. So thank you for asking. Um, I, Prada for sure. Let's say Finney, I have two Phineas tattoos on me. Mm-hmm. I got Forever West on my wrist and I have um, Reach Through the Sky and Capture Me. It's from their God Machine album. Mm-hmm. Um, like Moss to Flame is, is going to be there for me because their style hasn't really changed over the years. Um it's almost always angry. There was that one album, Dark Divine album, which I love from them, which was a little more on the softer side. Uh, seemed the lyrics seemed a little more positive and meaningful. Um, Fit for a King is is yeah. is going to be one of my favorites all time. And yep. And I would say, yeah, that's probably it. Silent Planet I think stays pretty consistent, so they're they're going to be there. Their songwriting. The thing is, is like. Garrett's songwriting is so, I don't want to say overly complicated or complex. It's just impressive because he'll have the little bullet points of this line right here in this song is about a woman in France in 1973 named Teresa, who was a part of this. I'm like, where do you even read these articles? Right, right. Um, But yeah, I'd say those were pretty much fine. And of course, like Linkin Park. We car was there for a while. I mean, early, early oh, yeah. we came as Romans. I did like them, but I did want to get your take on um, bands that kind of change their style over time. 
So I think the most notable one that comes to mind would probably be Hundredth. I think they had a pretty big change from, you know, where people were introduced to them. And they are, in my opinion, a band that was able to still be successful with that change. I think there's some that that make the change and they're like, I'm just not vibing this. Whether it's lyrical content or it is style or beliefs or or whatever softer or heavier um but what do you think of those bands that change over time because it's pretty much all in this scene right like you can't be in the deathcore band for i want to say 20 years but avr just did their 20-year tour you know what i mean um like what are your thoughts on some of those bands and like what are some bands that were able to be successful through that change still yeah i think i've almost always uh i've almost always liked it when they change like I'm mm-hmm. definitely not like a purist of any kind. Like I, uh, I am almost more excited about anything that's like new and different, you know. Uh, so whenever someone do, does that, even if I don't like it, I just like respect the hell out of them for doing it. Um, so I'm definitely always a fan of that. Uh, the band that I think has done it the best by far is Bring Me the Horizon, because um, I actually did not like them growing up. Like the heavy stuff they did, I didn't like it. I don't know why. It was pretty thrashy. Right, and then they put yeah. out the Spirit, which, to me, that's a band I probably should have mentioned before. Is like I, I mean, I thought about that. They're really influential, and like, that's the Spirit was like their like kind of radio introduction. So it was like a lot lighter. I mean, Sem Paternal before that though, we can't skip over that. I mean, that was like one of the best metalcore albums of all time. And then uh, they just I don't know, they just slowly transition with each record into like a different world. And that's the spirit was very cool because it was very like rock and roll yet still heavy. They have this song called Doomed that's like one of my favorite songs of all time. Um, they have a version where they played with an orchestra uh, in England and it like almost made me cry. It was like so beautiful. Um, definitely worth watching, like uh, super cool. But anyway, Bring Me the Horizon. Um, yeah. Hundreds. Actually, side note, uh, going off of that's the spirit i'd say avalanche was probably one of my favorite ones on there but oh yeah that i would, that's probably my favorite album from them now that i think about really it yeah. i mean so yeah they had doomed throne was huge yeah i mean that's um, the spirit itself i mean that that one is a good song that's the spirit uh, drown drown yep. yep it just um, has banger after banger yeah and then um i guess another one like gideon has changed quite a bit i don't know that their sound has just slightly changed more so like their lyrics and just kind of their attitudes about stuff has changed which i'm not like a huge fan of where they're at now and it's not like we're knocking any of these bands that are changing it's just i i always just like hearing i love listening to people talk and and kind of you know give their thoughts on on things um that they're passionate about so it's kind of i was just curious what your take was with it because i know gideon had a little bit of a change um and hundredth was one like i said that stood out to me um but some are able to make it successful bring me the horizon for example i think because it is recent prada was able to do a very good job with their most recent album color decay and i mean obviously if you listen to them geez roots plagues um we were talking about them like last week or we were talking about their albums a couple weeks ago, I want to say. And it's just like over time you expect some of these bands to go a little softer, 
But it's also a double-edged sword because you have the fans say, here we go, another album that sounds the same, just different lyrics or, yeah, oh, here, like, when are they going to change? Or, oh, they changed, now they're super soft or blah, blah, blah. But at least that album, I'd say, from Prada has such a good blend and balance. And you have Jeremy's Cleans included a lot more in there. Um, the songwriting is still top-notch. <laughs> I think the songwriting has matured quite a bit over the years i mean it seems a little more i, I want to say probably since dead throne and on i appreciated um the, the the lyrical content more i could understand it more if that makes sense you yeah. know what i mean and of course zombie ep is is probably yeah. one of the best eps of all time we already know that totally yeah so, uh, it was really cool i really i think that's the Prada album i've connected with the most since dead throne yeah so i love it well i i know dead thrones the whole album was pretty much about anti-materialism right or was it just i think it was just the song dead throne maybe because i know that's something huge that mike their front man obviously is 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 pretty passionate about it's just not being materialistic on things it's, there's it's not a point in focusing on that i mean that's basically where if i'm if i read it correctly that's basically where they got their name devil wears prada like you're focusing on things that don't matter basically um so yeah yeah but some of their albums you know i mean zombie ep was great but i think color decay i don't know if it if i i i think it might be maybe my second album second favorite album from them okay roots roots is just so classic you know um so i don't know just want to get your take on that. Um, <laughs> let's just get started with the Disney talk. How about that? Because I know you're <laughs> passionate about it. I know you moved down oh, yeah. to the park, basically. So what what was it that made you want to move down there? Was it because you guys went there so much? First off, how many times have you been there before since before you moved? Um, not as much as like you'd think, but um, six times maybe. Jeez, dude. <laughs> I've been there zero times. Yeah, we gotta fix that, dude. Get down. There. I know. I know. I know. Um yeah, so, I mean now we live here, we're here like every day because we have the passes, you know. So we go yeah. Yeah, every day now, more like a couple days a week. But um yeah, I don't know. I guess I mean you asked where it all started. I mean, I guess it for me it started when I came here as a kid. Um how old were you? I think it was I think it was in first grade. Um, okay and it was just like yeah i just had i even to this day i have very foggy memories of that trip as a first grader like they're very foggy but i do kind of remember them and uh man it, it was like just an insane experience it was so much fun and then like you know as a little kid you don't really think about it anymore and then uh, i went in middle school once uh, like seventh or eighth grade same experience just was kind of it had been so long since my last trip, I was kind of mind blown by it um, again. Uh, and then my third time was when I was married to Leo's a few years after that. So it was a big jump. Um, again, had a great time. Just loved it. Wanted to go back right away. Didn't for probably three years. And then basically from like 2021 on, we've gone a few times a year, like every year. And then we moved down here <laughs> and we were <laughs> 10 miles away from the park. I go, yeah, I see fireworks from my front step. So it's pretty wild. 
Yeah, I feel like you're there almost every. I want to say almost every day, but at, or every weekend, a couple times a month, a couple times a week, a couple times a week. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we go a lot. Yeah, and it's just so it's kind of surreal because like you're from Minnesota, when you go on a trip like that, I mean it's not something you're doing all the time. Like yeah, we do it like a couple times a year because that's just like the one thing we're really into that we do mm-hmm. together. Um, and yeah, for it to be like such an exciting thing. Like, I mean, it is exciting now, but living in Minnesota, I was like, oh my God, counting down the days. Like, when do we go? I can't wait. And then you come home and you're so depressed because it was so much fun, you know? And like, it's weird that that's just like my everyday now. Like, I can literally like drive over there and like hop on a ride and then like call it a night, grab a snack or something. I don't know, just whatever. And it's just kind of trippy, like to be able to do that right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's awesome. We love doing it. I mean, it's just temporary. We wanted to just do it for a little while. We're we're gonna be moving home this fall, um, back to Minnesota. So we just kind of want to have a little adventure for a while, live it up. Yeah, because you decided to, and I didn't know this until last time I saw you. So you bought the RV down there. No, we actually bought it in Minnesota. Had it had it. Oh. Here. And you didn't drive it down. Mm-mm. How big is that baby? too big uh, for, yeah, uh, for me to drive it it's um a 42 foot fifth wheel trailer it's got five slide outs on it um it's pretty big like i was talking to a neighbor that i just met yesterday he's a few trailers down from me he was like that's a big rig and i'm like yeah i know <laughs> yeah e- yeah <laughs> you um i didn't get out of the shot what no <laughs> <laughs> um okay so you're so the rv park is how far from you said 10 miles from disney yeah 10 miles i literally like look out i mean what time is it oh, i think i missed it now no oh, damn yeah, the were probably going off like a half hour ago they're right outside the window well they they heard you know about my podcast and stuff so i do support i definitely support that thank you disney oh, yeah, um yeah. the biggest thing there for you would be star wars yeah i'd say so but it all kind of blends together now. I just feel like I just love it all so like quite a bit. But obviously, Star Wars is the big, big draw originally. Okay, well, walk me, walk, walk me through everything Star Wars at Disney, and then we could branch off and talk about the state of Star Wars at this time, if you'd like. <laughs> um, the stuff that is there to do at Disney. Well, there's the there's like the main little the park that they built, the expansion onto the park called galaxy's edge it's supposed to kind of simulate being on a different planet and all the people who work there are like very in character and they do a very good job of it Mm -hmm. literally walk through these gates and like you the music changes the sound effects around you change because that's one of the cool things about just disney in general is it's very immersive no matter where you go there's songs playing there's things you'll smell there's just kind of this very immersive quality to it and so once you start walking into the Star Wars area, that changes. And it's very cool. And then you hear like radio chatter. You hear, you see an X-Wings and A-Wings like around and there's smoke coming out from under them. And like, yeah, then you get to like a little town market and then there's the Millennium Falcon, like in real life, perfect recreation of it, life size. It's just, it's insane, you know? And then there's stormtroopers walking around and, other characters and stuff it's just a very cool um 
place to just sit there and look around for like you probably just feel like you are actually in that world literally yeah i mean such a good job at it and like you go up and you buy like a coke it comes in a little thermal detonator coke bottle like it and it has its own coke font that's like star warsy instead of saying coca-cola and there's a little red r2 unit on the coca-cola stand that's like serving you the coke same with sprite and all that stuff like so it's all you know they don't say would you like your receipt they say would you like your cargo slip uh that six credits not six dollars or whatever it was you know like it's all just very uh if you bring up mickey mouse they're like i don't know what you're talking about that must be from a different planet (laughs) you know a lot of them make really funny jokes sometimes because they literally act like nothing else exists so like if you say like oh i'm trying to get to tower of terror which is another ride in that park just not in the star wars section they'll be like i don't I don't know what that is you'll have to go off world or something and look for it like it's just it's really funny but yeah good food and drink like my favorite beer of all time is there it's very exclusive to that place so like it's like a lavender like lager and it's just like incredible it's called gold squadron lager yeah it's just a really cool pl- i mean they have a bar there a little cantina you have to like get reservations for there's like a dj droid in there and it's just a whole experience everywhere you go. The rides are are insane. Um, there's a, a ride they have there called Rise of Resistance that I cried the first time I went on it. I was like, "How is this real life?" Like, <laughs> and you'll you'll know when you go on it if you come down here and and visit and you go on that ride, you'll get what I'm saying. It's it's just an experience. You got to check it out. Uh, Kelsey, Kelsey was there. Yeah. Um, about about a year and a half ago, and she was she it was a family trip, so she was sending me pictures and stuff. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I definitely would like to go down. Yeah, just go there, and we just basically go there and get to like be kids, which is fun for sure. Um, how many lightsabers have you made? Uh, I've only made one. Leah okay. made, so we have two. But then I've purchased probably ten of the other legacy lightsabers, which are like the characters, you know, like Kylo Ren's or. I have like Darth Maul, I have Ray, Ahsoka. Um so when you walk in, when you walk in and make your own, how does it work? Oh man, that's actually quite an experience that as well. Um that was one of the actually probably coolest things I've done at Disney. And honestly, the experience of building the saber was cooler than the saber, in my opinion. Um it you basically you walk in and you're sitting, you're standing around this long oval table. And there's a guy in the middle that's able to kind of like walk around and talk to everybody. And he's telling a story about like the lightsabers being created. And it's very like spiritual. Like, what does that mean? Like pick your color. What does that mean? This hilt, what does that mean? You know, it's like there, everything has a meaning and a purpose and it's all very, very uh, theatrical, you know, mm-hmm. and you feel like really involved and they use sound effects and lighting to pl- come into play. Like, there's a, a time when you're building it and he says like wait what is that and like all the lights the candles blow out and the sky the ceiling lights up green and you hear Yoda talking to you with like the Yoda music in the background and then all of a sudden his voice goes away and the candles come up and like I had chills I'm like oh my god <laughs> so do you choose are, are you, do you get to choose Jedi or Sith or does it quote unquote choose you you get to choose like whatever color you want, basically. Like, okay. and there's like you pick your set of like parts. There's different sets. There's like a Sith set that has all dark side looking lightsaber parts, but you can choose blue or green 
for like your crystal. Okay. And you literally get a little crystal, like a rock that you slides into the saber and changes works. So you can really make any combination of it that you want to. It's it's really it was such a. I mean, if you come down, I would recommend doing it. Um, just the experience alone was incredible. I would have to think how I would check that on a flight. Yeah, well, you can ship things back too if you want through Disney. Okay, that's a pretty dope dope feature. Yeah, I have a UPS store next to me, so I could always send it back for you. But um, no, one thing I will say about that is, and you'll probably hear me t- mention this a lot, just with other things we might talk about. Like, I have no problem admitting that I'm like an easy crier with things that like I really like. Like, I just unashamedly like very easy to get me to cry. Well, like a movie or a show. Oh, like did did you cry at my wedding? I did actually. I probably did tear up a little bit just because I that's how I've been at weddings before. <laughs> I'm not joking. I probably did. Like as as I get older, I can I my emotions do kind of get to that point where like, man, yeah. I think I think this is sad. And of course it'll a hundred percent hit me in movies now because certain things are relatable, you know. Yeah, I get totally, that. Totally. I get that. I just have always been like that and like that's fine. Um, but what what I will say is my dad is like not really like that at all. Like mm-hmm. see him cry very much. He cried when we did the build your lightsaber thing, that's like how moving it was. My dad cried and I was like, okay, if I'm crying, I just know that it's cause I'm into it. I'm a big dumb nerd. And it is yeah. my dad cried, dude. Like <laughs> I just, it's like that moving of like an experience. It's just so cool. Like, I don't, I think anybody who grew up watching star Wars, like couldn't not cry when you do it. It's just, well, it's one of the most, notable films of all time right and like you literally feel like you're doing it for real like it's yeah they do such a good job there so it's like a it's like star wars heaven's wet dream man it's just really all it's so cool <laughs> that being said though it's really not the only thing about disney that draws me there because there's so much other cool stuff there to do like have as a kid growing up there's a lot of nostalgia there for me there's rides that i remember going on as a kindergartner that I'm taking my four-year-old on, you know, which is kind of crazy to think about. And then their avatar park is literally comparable to star Wars and like how incredible it is. That's newer, right? Yeah. Like last few years that opened up. Yeah. Um, That is, I mean, it, it's on par. It's really, really, really cool. So yeah, lots to do there. I could, I could go on all day about it. I don't know if Kelsey went there now that I think about it. You know, like sometimes you listen to your wife and stuff. Sometimes it's like, eh, it's okay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I have the Avatar Park pulled up here. Do you see it? I'm sharing my screen. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I wonder. So this came out a couple years ago. I think 2017, actually. So already like six years, maybe. Jeez, look at this place. Yeah, it's it's insane, dude. There's a ride there that is probably one of the best rides, if not the best ride at Disney. And the food and drink are all very cool. Similar to Star Wars, they make it all very immersive. So you kind of feel like you're eating stuff that is from a different planet. Even though it really is just like... Like chicken skewers or something. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, they, they use real food, but it's like prepared in very unique ways and very unique flavors to really kind of like drive home the immersiveness of it. Again, sound effects, lighting, like as you can see there, all those like bright purple and blue, that's what it looks like at night. Like no joke, that's what it looks like at night. And it's it's like a crazy thing to experience for the first time. 
imagine popping a couple edibles and walking through there. I have taken a gummy and headed over. <laughs> did you um did you see the new avatar? Oh yeah, I saw it opening day. I loved it. I thought it was way better than the first one, even. Because I feel like I, the first one had a lot of as great as it was, like as it, as the years went by, people were maybe a little bit more critical of like the story. The story was, was predictable. Like, it was like the typical like yeah. someone's coming to um, it dances with wolves, but with aliens, like exactly. That is a hundred percent what it is. And for me, I don't even care. I still like the first movie. It was still entertaining, but I did too. I think that the second movie took away that criticism from people by giving us like a pretty unique story, especially as like a parent. Um, there are things that happened in that movie that as a parent, I think is easier to like identify with too. That I was just like, oh my gosh, I, I really liked it. Um, I, I ugly cried at one part on that. <laughs> Jeez, man. I gotta see these movies that are making you cry all of a sudden. No, have you not seen it? I haven't seen oh, it. Dude, you gotta watch it, man. I wish you could have seen it in theater because we went to the the special fancy theater here at Disney and I just was like like Dolby Atmos, Dolby Cinema, crazy good seats, like it was just like a whole thing. But well the thing is, is for that type of film, you have to see it on the big screen. And Man, when did that come out? Christmas time? Yeah. Yeah, just okay. like a week or two before Christmas. So I was in Mexico at that point. But I it was in the theaters for so long. So I don't really have any excuse why I didn't go see it. That's but right. I, I'm sure it'll be on Disney Plus in the next, probably the next month, I would guess. I, I would think so. I would, I would assume so. But I know it won't be the same first experience as it is on the screen. Just with the visual effects, I mean... Yeah, which it definitely is the new standard. Like it was last time when the first movie came out, it was like the standard. This is the same thing. It's just like <laughs> you watch it, you're like, I don't even know how it's possible that they like created this stuff with computers. But well, and you're right because when Av the first Avatar came out in 2009, seeing those effects, it was incredible. Yeah, um, I was pretty moved by that movie. I thought it was very, very well done and. Yeah, I'm happy that it's doing as good as it is. Caught up on Last of Us, by the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we can talk about that if you want to. Any day, man. Let's do it. Just to, let me just clarify. Um, I have not completed the game. In fact, I quit the game when I could not get past the clickers, which is pretty much like the beginning of the game. Yeah, it's um, funny. exactly what part you're talking about, because I know three people that have gotten caught up at the same spot. Dude, I couldn't do it. And I even. I had the difficulty on easy. Yeah. Um, And I spent days trying to get through it. And I finally just said, you know what, maybe it's just is not my time. I'm going to wait a little bit. And now that I've seen the show, I, I think I know how to get past it. So I'm going to get another try. Kelsey and I were talking. We're probably going to go get the game um, soon. And uh, we're, uh, we're just, we're just going to do it, man. Yeah. That's do awesome. the damn thing. But what I do like is, so I haven't completed the video game, but I love how it, first off, the costume design is, is awesome. Yeah. Um, as far as being accurate, but I do love how it was shot. Even the simple, like where the camera is, you could just tell it's shot just like how a video game would be where, you don't see their mouths when they're talking sometimes. Um, the action was great. Mm -hmm. 
So, but I, I did want to see what your thoughts were on it. Yeah. Um, no, I, uh, I loved it. I mean, yeah, I didn't like, it's almost like I don't even know what to say. Like, it just really is, was like a perfect show, uh, for me. Um, I probably would put my like love for the last of us on par with star Wars, which anyone who knows me is knows that that's like a big deal. Um, yeah. it's a very special game for me. Again, something that changes when you have kids too. It totally has relatable. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I played that game when it came out. I remember getting like a Game Informer magazine in like 2011 or 2012 with that on the cover. And both me and my dad, because like my dad played games a lot too, actually. Um, we were like, wow, this game looks cool, you know? And Well, I remember, sorry, I remember you and your dad, or you would talk how you and your dad were huge into Resident Evil. Yeah, we played Resident Evil 5 like seven times. We beat that game. We like loved playing. <laughs> we almost like wouldn't even talk. We just like knew what to do. Like, yeah, shotgun ammo here. Blah, 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 boom, okay, I got him. <laughs> Hell yeah. Super dialed in. But um, yeah, no, Last of Us, I, you know, I played it. I remember playing it for the first time. And, you know, this is a spoiler territory, I assume. Yeah. Anyone should know that coming in. Um, yeah. the, you know, in the game, Joel loses his daughter in the first 10 minutes of the game, just like in the show, it happens at, you know, pretty much at the end of the first episode or close to. Um, and I just remember playing that for the first time and being like, what the heck did I just like experience, you know, like I'm being pretty emotional. I was like, Oh my gosh, I was really heavy, you know, for a video game. And then that just happened like three or four more times throughout the game. This really heavy emotional stuff keeps happening. And this show literally captured all of that like so perfectly. Um, and it's been fun that to see it so successful and see people so into it. We're like, I can now talk about this very special, important story to me with like so many more people. Because mm-hmm. before you talk to someone who doesn't play video games about a game, they're like, oh, yeah, that's cool. You're killing zombies. Wow. It's like, no, you don't understand. <laughs> no, you don't understand because there's a difference in this type of zombie game. Yeah, like an yeah. insane storytelling experience, you know. And so, uh, yeah, I've just been loving the show because it's been a, almost like a perfect recreation. And anytime they changed it, it was always in a better way because um, there's a lot of changes, but they're all great. Um, and it's just cool that I can, like, talk about that with more people now. And, like, I've had people, like, ask me about it or I've seen them talk about it. It's like, wow so-and-so like knows what this is now that's crazy like i've this has been my jam for like 10 years yeah you know you're the og world yeah i was the very first one um but now it just seems like the whole world's on board and it's like fun just like being around for that um but yeah love the show i think the casting was great acting writing there you would say it was pretty accurate though of the game because the game came out 10 years ago yeah, and I literally just beat it again like two months ago, like before the game, before the show came out. Like, so I'm pretty, it's pretty fresh in my mind. And there were literally five or six instances where it was line for line, shot for shot, 100% recreation of a certain scene that I've played so many times. So I know how it goes. Yeah. Show just redid it without, without missing anything. 
Dude, you just have to appreciate a show or a movie if they do it that way. Like the people who right. are either the writers or the directors, it's like, oh, these guys have played the game before. They know. Yeah. They know how it should be. They know how this scene should be recreated and things like that. So you definitely have to appreciate that more. Yeah. Um, and even like leading up to it, I'm, you know, because video game adaptations don't have a great track record. Um, and leading up to it, I just there were so many people saying, "Oh well, I hope it's good." All right, yeah, we'll see. I hope it's good. Well, look at the cast. I never like, thought it wasn't going to be good because of the cast. The creator and writer of the game partnered with a very passionate fan of the game, who's a very successful TV writer, Chernobyl, mm -hmm. and uh, I think he worked on Westworld. So, like, he's just a very he's a very dedicated fan of the game who happens to create great television shows. Yeah. And the creator of the game together, how could it be bad? Like, I just like knew, I was like, obviously it's going to be good. Like, so I just had no, no doubt in my mind that it would be that way. Um, and then just to see it executed like that way was a huge like treat. I loved it. What was the sad, actually, before you said, before you answer this question, um, once it came out, I know it was, it was a craze for a while once the show was announced, right? Yeah, and then yeah. when it came out, it was all over social media, everyone popping off like like what typically happens. A friend of mine said, is it scary? Um, I just, I had this fear. I had this serious fear of zombie movies. I'm like, yeah, probably don't watch this one. Um, yeah. And not that there is, there's probably only half of the episodes have the actual quote unquote zombies in them. Right. Um, which is still what makes it still makes it such a great show because it is post-apocalyptic. Um yeah. and like I said, just the the setting, the costume design, it 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 was a beautiful, beautiful show. And yeah. I'm excited for season two. I mean, I don't know when it's coming out. I know it's announced, they just announced that it's going to be two or sorry, part two, but it's gonna be more than one season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did say that. Um yeah, they'll probably start filming that next year, I imagine. I think yeah. Pedro's probably busy with a few other things. He's, he's getting pretty... Uh, he's pretty blowing up. He's blowing time. up. Rightfully so. I think he's an incredible dude. Um, great actor. Um, but yeah, no. Um, Did you see that picture of... It was like the deadlifter, but it was Pedro's face. And on one side, it was HBO. And on one side, it was Disney+. Plus. Yeah, yeah. I think... Like, I did see accurate, that. very accurate. I mean, yeah, and he just seems like such a good guy. I'm just kind of like a huge fan of him just for that reason. So, um, he's daddy, absolutely. He's daddy, always daddy, um, always. I almost bought a shirt that had like a bunch of Pedro Pascal faces on it today, actually, just to be it, just to be over the top. Why um, didn't you? I don't know. Maybe I should go back and buy it. You should. <sighs> Are you gonna ask me about something being sad? There's a few things. Okay, so what would what was the saddest episode, I guess, would be my question. To me, I thought it was episode five with uh, Henry and Sam. Ooh, that Which one was rough. In the game was always very heavy. That one was mm -hmm. always just extra sad to me for some reason. And this show somehow made it worse. Like somehow this show, it was way more like traumatizing. First, I don't know why. I think that he wasn't deaf in the game. So maybe being deaf adds a level of that. That's kind of sad because of why did they why did they switch it? I don't know. I'm not sure. Maybe because that kid just was like 
because he did a great job acting. He could have just been like the right kid for it. And maybe because he's deaf too, they might've added him because of like the, the type of like element that adds to his story. There's a little bit more sadness there because of like, he can't even hear or, you know, really ex- understand maybe a lot of things that could be going on. Mm-hmm. And that disadvantage in like a world like that. Um, but yeah, I don't know that just me and Leo were on that couch, like, like heave crying just like it was so tough it that one was tough because you could see in a world like that you have to emphasize so much more on communication and when you have someone who can't vocally communicate that bond is so much stronger and you could just i don't want to say you could sense that something bad was going to happen to him but it made it so much more impactful when it was like oh man when the and one he was the one that did it and he had right. to it was just like back to back and then like you know ellie and joel's like reactions to it is pretty like oh my gosh like it's just like a tough heavy episode all around and uh those actors did a fantastic job it was great that episode was just one of the coolest episodes because there was also a huge fight with a bunch of infected and the big bloater um that was that episode. So that was just that whole episode was stacked. There was a lot of cool stuff that happened, but then a very sad ending. So, yeah, that and then episode three with Bill and Frank. That was another huge deviation from the game, because in the game, when you meet Bill, Frank's actually dead already. Yep. And I did that part. I did know. Yeah. And they have their relationship, but you were led to understand that it was it ended very badly. Like they mm-hmm. hate each other. And you don't ever see Frank. So in the show, you get a, a really long, an 80-minute episode that actually most of it was spent with Bill and Frank. And it was, like, incredible. It was such a well-written episode. Like, I saw someone say it was literally, like, up, but with zombies. And I was like, yes, exactly. Yeah, pretty like, much. sad as shit for, like, a long time. <laughs> like, well, that's what makes, that's what made that show so great was in the preview. Okay, so let's, from my perspective, because I didn't complete the game. Um, when I first saw the trailer for the show, I was like, oh, dude, Nick Offerman's in right, here. Right. Like, it's going to be sweet because I was expecting them to be in multiple episodes, right? Because right. that's kind of like what you would expect unless you played the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't want to claim the title of Last of Us video game fan at this time, respectfully. But um, the fact that they did that whole episode with... 98 percent was just those two right yeah right and it was you felt in the show with them you felt connected to the characters you could sense just the bond that they had um and how sad it was that was a tough that was a tough one that was it was a well-written it was probably one of the more well-written episodes yeah um, absolutely i mean i I would argue that was one of the better written episodes of tv that i've seen like i would just you could take out the last of us elements and just leave it as it is. And it's an incredible story. Yeah. Like it was actually, it was better than the whole rings of power season one. <laughs> I don't know if I'm, well, I guess okay. we I can't, really like the show. No, listen, but I, I don't, I don't know if I'm there yet. No, I, I can't give it that title. Um, 
I've mentioned my, my, my friend's podcast, uh, the last, in a couple episodes, uh, Josiah Deary does pod level midnight. So he talks about most of the time he talks about sports, but he, I'm myself and another person around there a couple of times to talk about like the franchise films. And, and we did do a yeah. couple episodes about rings of power and house of dragon. So I had to throw that jab in there. Yeah, we'll sure. have to talk Lord of the rings, um, at some point, but, yeah. um, but you know, rolling back, I would say episode three, I don't know if it was my favorite of the season, um, but it depends. I think it's similar to the favorite band thing. If you ask me again, I could say it, it depends on how I'm feeling. Like emotionally, it was the best one. Um, Nick Offerman, I love him. Yeah. Um, and then it ends like, even though it's sad that they die, it ends like happy. They die together. They die with each other on their own terms. So like, it's sad, but it was like, I left the window open just to help the smell. Like, damn, okay. And the fact that um, their first and last meal together were the same thing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of fun little hidden things in there. And Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that was just like the one guy from who wrote Chernobyl and all that. He was, that was his episode. He was just like, I wrote this really cool thing. Let's see if you guys like it. And everyone loved it. So they went with it. And that was like his really like, big addition to the story because it was all new that wasn't in the game at all so yeah i love that i think my favorite episode would have been either five or eight uh the episode with her when that guy kidnaps her and she cuts him up at the end oh yeah the uh quote-unquote uh bible thumper christian pastor dude yeah 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 and i just in the game that was always like one of the heaviest parts very special there's a lot like a lot of deep kind of story things moving there that were just really well done and then i just thought that episode did it perfectly well and correct me if i'm wrong but the person she kills well one of the people she she kills he is joel in the video game yeah yeah yep okay and she's laying on the bed and reaches over and hacks him in the neck yeah james or whatever Yeah. yeah and then i don't know if you knew but her mom was the voice of Ellie. Yep. Today's episode you watched. Yep. So, yep. or the one you watched today, I mean. But yeah, so that was cool to have them in it. There was a couple other people too, actually. Um, like one of the nurses in the hospital scene at the end is the voice of one of the main characters in the second game. Okay. So that's cool to have her in it. Um, the big guy, the guy with the big beard. Yeah. Uh, and man of that lady who gets his head ripped in half. That's the voice of Tommy in the game, Joel's bro, brother. Bro, he went uh, he went out pretty bad. He went bye bye. Yeah, he went out pretty bad. Yeah, so that's video game Tommy, which was cool. The girl who plays Marlene is the same girl in the game, actually. So they got her to to do the voice and play her. That just uh, see, that's another reason why the show is so successful and so great. Like you are bringing in people who understand the game. Totally. You know what I mean? Like you can't, you typically can't lose in a situation like that. Yeah. So I, yeah, I, I could go on about that all, all day. It's just, I have nothing but good things to say about it. Without spoiling too much, what are your thoughts on, or what, what should we expect for part two? Oh, more trauma. Yeah. <laughs> game is, it takes everything that's heavy and dark and traumatizing about the first game and multiplies it by a hundred. Um, I like it more because I think, I like it more for a few reasons. The gameplay, just the fighting mechanics, there's a little bit more fluid. They changed a couple things that I thought made it more fun. Um, 
but then it's also way longer at least double the length if not more very long game and i just think it is one of the most um i, I did the story that they wrote i just think is has is so well thought out and perfectly executed and it's so like powerful so powerful and you sit with it for days when it's when it's done like when i beat that game i felt like a shell of a man i'm like what what is anything right now like is is it like one of those things where <laughs> so let's just say if you were working a double shift in a restaurant as a server um or at least i've i've had to do that and then you just get wiped out so much that your drive home you just shut the radio off and you're just staring <laughs> and sitting in silence like what what just happened to me the radio of my life was off yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's and it I, I mean that in like such a good way though and like there's a lot of people online who got kind of worked i shouldn't say a lot i think there's a pretty minor vocal minority of people online who got real pissy about some stuff that happens and it gets a polarizing game when it comes out on tv i i can't wait to see how people react because there's some shit that happens that's going to be like like i yeah people aren't ready for it if they haven't played the game um yeah so try to avoid spoilers if you can but um yeah it's just there's i think a lot of people would call the story they, they're able to whittle the story down in a really dumb way i think that tries to undermine and demean it as being like this simple thing but like to me i think it is so complex and well thought out that like it's a story that you don't experience in movies even like it's not like oh this is so cool it's almost like a movie it's like no this like is movie quality writing and execution it just happens to be in a video game like it literally i mean you just it messes with you like i talked to gabe about our you know gabe our friend who will be on here um he played the games too we both were just like i i don't what do we i i like i didn't even know like how to handle ourselves just because it's it does a lot to you so um how they're going to do that into a show i i can't wait to see because i think the game relies on a lot of player responsibility for things you do mm -hmm. and they're some tough decisions that you kind of feel bad about so i'm curious to see how they're going to like get that vibe and that emotion into a show when you're just watching it instead of playing it but, well um, the thing is is you're gonna have to if you want to stay true to the game and i haven't played the game but i feel like just to play devil's advocate you're gonna have to if you want to be accurate you're gonna have to expect that you're breaking people's hearts oh yeah totally. you know what i mean um and i'm not saying any spoilers i do know a couple things that happen in part two but it's like people are gonna watch the show and they're gonna be mad Mm -hmm. But it's going to be probably accurate or, or they're yeah. going to be mad, sad, upset. Um, like, how could you do this? You could almost say the same thing for Game of Thrones. Like, why oh, did you kill yeah. Ned Stark? I'm like, well, you didn't read the book, which is fine. I, I don't expect a lot of people to read all of the Game of Thrones books or the Winds of Winter, whatever, before you watch the show. But it's one of those things where, like, look, if you want the accuracy and and to respect the show, um you're gonna break people's hearts dude like yeah totally is what it is like you say that because there was an interview that came out today with the creators talking about like you know the guy asked him the creator of the game he said you know there was like a vocal minority of people that seemed to make it their personality to hate this game kind of like the worst star wars fans it was very similar to this 
very similar like man baby reactions about stuff like makes it their whole personality for like years on end for whatever reason i don't know but they had asked them like you know is that affect you going into this next season of the show at all and his like flat out response was like i do not care like they can hate it all they want uh if we hated it if some people hate it and some people love it that means we did a great job because they'll take that over indifference which i think is a great point because that game came out four years ago there's still people online bitching about it oh part two yeah just like still arguing all the time and it's like that's that's a good thing if you did that if you can make that happen whatever you know that's great and like it definitely sounds that they're not going to like pull punches or shy away from that. They're just like, yeah, some people aren't going to like it. And that's, it is what it is, but yeah, but then that's, that's going to make the true fans. It's going to make them happy and also like respect it more. Like, Hey, I'm doing exactly what the game is. Um, I guess that's a spoiler. I, I maybe without spoiling, does it leave the end of, does part two leave you with interpretation for, more to come or is it pretty much that's the clarity it's done um it does leave interpretation like there is an argument of how like they could just end it and if that was the case i think that'd be pretty dumb it'd be pretty like depressing um so yeah i think it definitely leaves an open end for sure like okay well what happens to these people what about this because those are some pretty big things that we don't know about yet um but who knows? They could just end it and be like, yeah, well, that's life. Sometimes life is hard and it's was hard for these people. So this is where our story ends and that could very well be it. But um, yeah, there's definitely some things that happen where you're like, okay, well, we got to figure out what goes on next because that's that's a big deal, you know? So um, yeah, they haven't confirmed that they're doing a part three game. Um, they're being pretty secretive about it, saying that they're just not sure yet. I really hope they do. But um, either way, I'm just happy that the show's as good as it is, and we get to see what I think is one of the best games of all time, uh, reimagined as a show now. So, yeah, and they'll probably get a decently large budget increase as well, because <laughs> it literally was like beating Game of Thrones and House of Dragon record viewership records. So, like, obviously, people want to see it, you know? Yeah, it was uh. It's always funny, like when a new show comes out, they're like, "Oh man, this is the viewership; it's smashing, blah blah blah." And then it's like every year, it's something gross. It used to always be like, "Yo, Stranger Things, season three, part two, crushed." Something that came out like five, six, seven years ago. Now it's pretty much every six months, you know, because House of Dragon crushed it as far as viewership goes. Um, Part of it is like that whole, you know, um, let's see how they can make up for, you know, season eight of Game of Thrones. So I could see that, but also House of the Dragon was pretty sick. It was really good. Yeah. yeah. And I yeah. just saw today that Last of Us passed that even for viewers, yep. which is just yep. like, which as a, for it to be a show like that doesn't have that, you know, Game of Thrones as a predecessor to just like do that is mm -hmm. pretty wild. Um, but I think it just speaks to how good it is. So. Heck yeah. Well, I'll be prepared to cry. Yeah. I think I, it's fine. I think it's worth going through. It's definitely like a definitely like a a moral kind of like conversation you have with yourself at the end of it all. Like, what did I just go through? And like, was that right? But yeah, I was, but also ah, uh, like you, it's so much conflict, and like that's what they wanted to do is like kind of expose some 
things about violence like the game is kind of about the cycle of violence this unending cycle of violence and like you know what like the first game or first story like what lengths will you go to for like the people you love you know and that's mm. that's what the whole first game's about and the second plays into that but in a darker way like the creators kind of put it in a good way of like the first game is about love and all the good things about it and like the things you will do for love all the good things you do the second game is about all the bad things you would do for love. So it's like a very cool like thing they did there. And it's all very relatable and real. And just like, I feel like it's such a elevated way of like creating stories, whether it's a game or a show, you know? So yeah, yeah especially like as a parent too, like playing those games, is just like a oof, man, <laughs> like it's a lot different. Well, even the the ending of the last episode, um hit pretty different because you could tell like hey joel was willing to lie because he didn't want to lose another quote-unquote daughter mm-hmm. um yeah it's i mean it's yeah and it poses this question of like well did he like do the right thing because like he kind of did just doom all of humanity you know but like if that was maybe did did we know like do we know if there was a hundred percent chance that she could they they could have extracted the cure from her you know what i mean right that they never really explicitly stay i think the one thing they just typically fault or kind of point out is that like either way it's like ellie would have wanted him to let her go Mm -hmm. and so it's just like but as a parent you know like not that i have the capabilities of joel (laughs) that guy went full john wick at the end uh, but like, and without I, hesitation, bro, like right. straight up, without like they asked one question, like when the doctor rolled up, like I'm not gonna let you take her. Boom, headshot, dead. Yeah, <laughs> like like killing, surrendering soldiers too. Like just does not care. And yeah, that's something I was talking to Gabe about. I was like, man, like at, playing the game. That part was pretty much exactly how it goes. That's what Kelsey was telling yeah. me when we were watching it. She's yeah. like, this has got to be exactly like the video game. I'm like, you could tell. No, I'm talking like note for note, camera angle, everything was perfect. And like in the game, you're fighting guys at the end, running, trying to get Ellie. And it, I don't know, it doesn't, it definitely feels like uh, wrong, but at the same time, the fireflies are kind of like not, they're not good, but they're not bad either. Yeah, so they're not like, like... really feel that bad, like kill you, like whatever, these are like bad guys, you know? But in the show, they really made you feel like oh god joel snapped like what is he doing why is he doing this this like isn't good like to me the show very like way more clearly conveyed that like joel is not like a good guy for what he just did like he's kind of not he's kind of not a good guy like like that wasn't he just killed a whole bunch of people he like mercilessly in his in, in his defense he wanted to protect her because he couldn't oh, protect totally. his daughter you know what i mean Absolutely. but no i but i sent him on board with like why he did it but from the outside it. view i could see what you're saying where it's like hey you just killed all these people that like we could have potentially stopped the spread right like that's fine that's that you're angry but like, like dude game, i think in the game you like are the characters you are joel so like at the end even i'm like no way. I just went through halfway across the country for this girl. Like, we're not going to do this. You can't kill her, you know? And, like, you're sad and emotional. So, yeah, I have no problem mowing these guys down. But, right. like, 
in a TV show where I'm not playing it, seeing that decision being made hits way different. I was like, whoa, I feel like how I think they really wanted us to feel like in the game, but it wasn't as relatable because we were most people are on Joel's side in the game. But in the show, it makes it more possible to see like how well what he did was actually pretty messed up. Now I get why he did it, and I probably would have done the same, but it's messed up and it's like not a good thing. Like he's not a hero, really. You know, and that's what I think is so cool about it. Like he's not a bad guy, but he definitely isn't like a hero. He's not a villain. He's a dad. It's a complex story, which is why I like it, because it's that moral conversation of like, well, what would you do? Was that wrong or right? Because like if it was my kid, I probably would have done the same thing. I just would have died much sooner. I could say I could definitely see your part um in a video game type of position, bro. I have no problem just holding yeah. that trigger down. I don't care, you know. Pray and spray, you know. Like <laughs> put 20 hours into this journey. I'm not gonna walk away empty handed. <laughs> Absolutely not. But in the show, I just was like, okay, this is and that without spoiling feeds into part two tremendously. I'm sure it does. I actually will think there will be much less drama and toxicity because of how they portray that episode. Because part two plays into that situation a lot. And that's kind of where some of the conversation takes place about like, well, does that justify blah, blah, blah without spoiling things? And I just think that I don't think there's going to be as much of a division about it because of like what they showed in that episode. So we'll see. But yeah. Very, very, very cool, very well done. And uh they they pulled off, I think, what they needed to with the story, which is huge. Yeah. So it's exciting stuff, man. What a time to be alive. Yeah. So speaking of Pedro, what are your thoughts on uh also spoiler, sorry everybody, Mandalorian season three? Because I know you're a huge Star Wars fan, as we've learned. Yeah. I mean, you have one of your sleeve tattoos, which we haven't talked about that yet. Um, which we can whenever or next time. Um, you're a pretty big Star Wars fan that we've learned, but I want to get your thoughts on Mando season three. Yeah. Um, no, I've been liking it. I mean, only two episodes in. Uh, tomorrow one comes out. Actually, maybe I'll stay up late tonight and watch the third one. Um, no, I've been liking it. I was very upset that the first episode was 35 minutes. I think that is insane that like one of the biggest shows of all time can't have our episodes. Like, well, it sucks too. Is like, I it was probably once Mando season one came out where the MCU was doing this too, where you click play and it says, Oh, 45 minutes long. Well, there's the intro and then there's the recap and then the credits and then the ending credits is like 10 minutes long so realistically your episode your full runtime is probably maybe maybe 45 minutes yeah and the yeah. first one like the premiere of their biggest show ever is 35 minutes before all that stuff i just think that was so dumb and i remember there was an episode in season two that it was runtime was like 27 minutes i'm like what are we doing like how in the world are you guys like justifying that every other big show is in at least an hour so i get pretty annoyed easily about that but um otherwise it's been cool i mean episode two was awesome ended with quite a bombshell reveal 
I liked two more than one. Um, yeah, same. Well, it's interesting now because it's almost like he's back on to pretty much starting off the Mandalorian. You have missions, you have tasks, you are a bounty hunter, whatever you want to call it. So now it's pretty much like, hey, he has he's back on his own purpose, his own, you know, mission. And when the first one came out, Kelsey and I looked at each other and she's like, ah, I don't know. It just seems like another mission. But then. I was like, well, that's kind of like what that's pretty much what his his purpose is. Um, next mission on next, you know, not not to like drag things on or to have like filler episodes, but um, the action is definitely there. I mentioned this on um, Josiah's podcast when we talked a little bit about it is I'm really glad that they had a tiny little connection in Bobo just because you're like, oh, like at the end of Mando season two. Mm-hmm. there's tons of questions well you were able to have a little catch-up moment in uh book of boba fett so now you can start pretty fresh in season three yeah. so i'm 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 pretty excited that they decided to do that and yeah season or episode two was was i like i said i enjoyed it more than episode one yeah me too and um i think uh it sounds like we're in for some treats though i mean every Every season has had something kind of major happen. Like season one, like the reveal of a baby Yoda, which we didn't know was Grogu at the time. Like that was like how they managed to like pull that off without any leaks was crazy. Like that was a huge moment when that happened. Like, well, plus it was when Disney Plus released. Yeah, it was the launch of Disney Plus. It was like just an awesome like first episode, and then like that season ended seeing the dark saber which anyone who watched the animated shows was like what why does he have that like that was my that was my favorite season of the well three so far um i know it's not saying a lot because there's only been like two and some change but um that was good yeah i loved season one but then season two end of the first episode boba fett's alive like holy crap huge reveal at the end you get you get not only ahsoka live action which was she's my one of my favorite characters so that was like crazy and i think that's get, next oh, year speaking of that i think that comes out next year this year is it this year okay into the summer okay yeah um so to see ahsoka who was like a favorite of mine and then luke skywalker like looking cooler than he's ever looked like, like fighting sebastian stan right <laughs> or so cg cgi luke i guess you could call yeah, him too fake luke fake luke um yeah i just think like with those two seasons having so much huge moments, like i just i'm excited to see what that equivalent is for this season you know and mm-hmm. like the girl who plays bo katan was on like a her bo katan was on another podcast or show talking about like she's just like man people are not they're just going to be blown away by like Dude, is it a different actress this season no same girl okay she looks a little Her different. Her hair Maybe. is better. Maybe that's what it is. But she's also the voice of that character in the show, so it's very cool that she's playing her in live action, too. Just like what we talked about with Last of Us. Like, you have the, the characters involved who understand the story. Yep. You, you you pretty much win 10 times out of 10. Yeah, yeah. And she's a great actress. She's been in a lot of good uh, shows and stuff. And, like, so yeah, just hearing her like hype it up is really cool. I mean, not I'm sure everyone on their own show is like, oh, you're not gonna believe it, but like 
I feel like when we're talking about Star Wars, it means something different. So like just the stuff she said got me excited. I'm just like, man, there's probably going to be some pretty cool things we see. Mm -hmm. Where does it rank on Star Wars shows? Mandalorian. Oh, well, don't. Well, I don't know. I guess for me, too. I think Andor's. I think Andor's like it's the best might be the best Star Wars thing ever made, to be honest with you. Um, mm-hmm. Now, that's hard to say if it's my favorite, because I think what is the best and what is my favorite aren't always the same thing. Mm-hmm. I just think, like, in my opinion, Andor is, like, the closest you can get to, like, factually being the best Star Wars. <laughs> like, it's all, I mean, I, I can't say factually because it's all opinion, but I'm almost like, oh, if you didn't like Andor, I don't think you should vote. Like, <laughs> 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 that's how... That's where I'm at. Like, you shouldn't be allowed to vote if you didn't like Andor. Like, <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's definitely number one. Mandalorian's two, Book of Boba Fett three. So, because I think that's all they're assuming we're talking about live action. Yeah, I mean, now that I think about it, there's really only three live action. So, yeah. um, but Star Wars Rebels is probably my favorite Star Wars TV show. Okay, but Ahsoka what about this year? She's my favorite character. What about Kenobi? Oh, Kenobi. Oh yeah, I forgot about Kenobi. Yeah, how could I? Because that was like the big hype up for me. Um, no, I love that one too. Um, the ending of that show. Uh, yeah, the season finale was like everything I've ever wanted out of that story. Yeah. Like, I think the story as a whole was good. There were some things they could have done better, sure. But like, as a whole, I loved it. I think they did Vader cooler than anybody else. Like, mm-hmm. he, Vader was terrifying in that show. Like... That scene where he's walking down the street, like dragging people and like snapping that. I'm like snapping the kid's that? neck. Yeah. I was like, oh my God. And then <sighs> the finale was like, I was like, I was like, I had my hands on my fist, like, <laughs> like just like well, even so even so going off of that scene you talked about where he's walking through town, just flawless as could be. He picks up Kenobi, drags him through the fire, and has him yeah. just sit there. I'm like, holy right. cow, bro. Level. And then, yeah, so for me, it's like I'm my favorite Star Wars thing is just whatever I'm watching. Like, if I'm watching it, it's my favorite because I'm going to find all these things I love about it where it's really hard for me to make a list. Which is why, for some reason, you like episode nine. Yeah, I like nine. Okay, I know. Yeah, yeah. It's got Babu freaking it. Why can't, why wouldn't you like it? <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, yeah, I love them all. I, I love the sequel. I love seven, eight, and nine. I think they're great. I mean, uh, eight, I think, gets a lot of hate, but I think it's like one of the best written Star Wars movies, um, which that's a whole nother episode we can do as a whole. Oh, yeah, we could do. And to clarify this, um, I know I've mentioned him a couple times. I don't want to steal the spotlight from. You know my buddy's podcast because he is all Star Wars. He he loves it. Honestly, I'd love for the two of you guys to connect on that one. Oh yeah. Nice. Um, but yeah, like if we did a Star Wars episode or so, huh? You said he like he likes Star Wars a lot. I love Star Wars. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Um, so love to chat about it. Yeah. So Josiah Deary, Pod Level Midnight. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think for me it would be. I mean, before Andor, it was it was Kenobi and then Mando um yeah that's but, actually probably what i could say too because i like yeah. kenobi was like that's my star wars like i grew up with the prequels coming out ewan mcgregor hayden christensen those are my guys so like was, yeah. kenobi was so special to me that that season finale i will never 
like want anything more than that. That was all I've ever needed. Um, I just love how they shot, obviously how they shot the the last battle scene, but mm -hmm. the lighting, and we've talked about this in our incredible group chat, um, the lighting transcending of his face with the blue and the red, like you can yeah. see him struggling on the inside. It's almost like someone who is trying to do good, but that darkness or temptation um, is just just like nope, I got too strong of a hold on you, man. I'm bringing you back in because I know how valuable you are, right? Um, I thought they, I thought they did a great job with that, and it was one of those emotional scenes where you're just like, oh, don't say it, don't say it. I know. Damn it, he said it, he yeah, said yeah. it. You didn't kill Anakin, I did. I oh did. god, the and like the voice effects they did, how they like, changed him over, yeah, and his eyes and dude, I just and then seeing like the young Anakin again like episode two and him fighting i was just like dude no that was episode but i thought in the finale it started off with them training at the temple was that the finale oh that could be the same episode maybe yeah where where kenobi's rocking the mullet of mullets in all of the galaxy so happy to see that again yeah just yeah everything there are some things that like not that I think they could have done better, but I guess, but just things like, oh, these also would have been cool, or some things, some things maybe felt like a missed opportunity. I do think music was very poorly utilized in that show. I mean, music's a big deal for me. Like Last of Us, I'll just hop back to that for a second. The soundtrack to that is like most beautiful, one of the most beautiful pieces of music out there. So I just had to throw that in there. I wish I heard more in the show. That seems to get like quite a bit of hate with some of the Star Wars shows is the music is, you know, and I, I do remember Kenobi, Kenobi got it a couple times where like, yo, why, why are we not like, they like really not... missed out on this, even the, the Vader entrance, you know, like you really could have hit Vader's theme yeah. unless you were trying to have it be different or focus on it being your own thing. You know, right, it is yeah. what it is. Or like to have the Battle of Heroes theme play when they're fighting again, which is like the song that plays when Anakin Obi-Wan fight. Like there were so many things where I'm, I, it's not that I thought they did a bad job at something. It was more like, oh, it just felt like a missed opportunity. So I felt like that with a few things in that show. Mm -hmm. um, but it didn't take away from my enjoyment of it. I still I still loved it. So I just wish like, yeah, music could have been better. Um, I don't have that complaint about The Last of Us because they got the same guy to do the music. So it was like a win. But um, once again, man, include the people who know it. Yeah, right. That's what I'm saying. So. Mandalorian does a good job with music because they got Ludwig Gorenson doing it. And he's like the prodigal son of music right now. So, um, but yeah. So yeah, I guess Kenobi and or Kenobi Mando probably. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Boba's just there. Yeah. Which Kenobi, sucks because I liked Boba. I mean. It was a fun show. Like I would It was fun. It, like I think the episodes with Mando were some of the best Star Wars like live action episodes ever. Yeah. But just felt weird that they were in a Boba show, but I like that they did it. I thought Boba was cool. Like I didn't dislike that show. It just didn't pop out as much as the other ones. But yeah. like I would totally rewatch it because it was like a fun show. Like I don't dislike it or anything. It was one that I would have on and like if I fell asleep at night, it's fine. Yeah. Or just like maybe while you're doing something, put it on because you want to have Star Wars on. Like right. It's not going to attract my add that much does that make sense like if it's yeah. on cool like i'll stop sweeping and i'll be like oh i like this scene and i'll go back to doing what i'm doing 
yeah compared to mando where i would sit down and just like watch or kenobi you know gotta be dialed in yeah yeah there's so many fun things they did do like black chrysanthemum that wookie was so cool like boba riding a rancor was like oh my god (laughs) like that was cool like him and mando fighting together is always cool so a lot of fun things like that um but or like the whole i like the tuscan raider stuff i thought that was really cool it was cool to show that because it was different totally yeah yeah. you know instead of just like here's another episode on tatooine or something like that it was kind of nice to to switch a little bit up i remember like audibly laughing but like in a good way when Mm -hmm. Boba descends upon those bikers in his ship. And you just oh, okay. The background getting bigger, just like doo, 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 doo. I just was like, oh my god! Like it just was like kind of comical, but like in a cool way. It was just like so awesome. But uh, yeah, just kind of funny. Just you see this tiny ship appearing slowly from the background and getting bigger. But, he always has the most. He, uh, he to me, he had the most unique ship. Yeah, definitely. too. You know. Um, we did talk about this a little bit earlier, but music is like your, your number one passion. When you say music, when you say Star Wars, like what type of art or what is something like if I were to identify, identify Austin as something. <laughs> um, I'd ask you not to, I'm just kidding. Um, no, I, uh, I don't know. That's tough. I think I would have probably said music like most of my life but i don't know man i feel like if i could start things over like my career path over i think i would probably go to do something involved with working on movies or shows yeah even music for movies or shows would be really cool because i love soundtracks and like scores and stuff um but i don't know i just find like these last like five or so years i've just been so enthralled with like storytelling and like different forms of it and I'm like picking up on nuances when like subliminal things and with writing and really appreciating like decisions people make that are just probably go over 99% of people's heads, but they're just there. And like, I don't know, I'm like finding myself so fascinated with that stuff that it's like, and I think that's because that comes from my passion of like Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, The Last of Us. They're all fantastic stories. And that's why I love them. Mm-hmm. And granted, they have cool visuals and choreography and music and things like that but it's like the stories and the emotional connection to them is what draws me into that and so i just think that it's probably an even tie with music and like storytelling and video games books and movies things like that yeah and i just like love talking about it like i could sit on this and nerd out with you for hours and Hopefully listeners don't think I'm just rambling all the time because I often catch myself when people ask me about things that I like a lot. Yeah. Train and just like probably be insufferable at a certain point. Like, <laughs> like, all right, stop talking. You're oversharing. Like I just, because of that passion, like I just, man, I'm so like hyped on this story and you're asking me about it, you know? So that's like it, kind of what goes on in my head a little bit when, when I have these types of conversations. See, that's something like that. I've noticed with myself, I I think it really just started speak. I don't know. It, 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 it something just hit me where um I'm like, you know, I get motivated or inspired listening to people who are passionate about something. And if they are rambling on, like 
I don't, I don't really care. First off, I'm, I, I bartend. So like I talk to all different types of people. I listen to all different types of conversations. So like, I, I do like listening and, and hearing what people are interested in. Um, but I just get motivated and inspired to hear why someone's passionate about something. Now, if it's especially something that I share that passion with a little bit too, like like Lord of the Rings or Star Wars or video games or movies or music, like I get more engaged in the conversation um, just because I know like, hey, this guy knows more about this than me. Like I want to know more so I can somehow have a conversation with him so I don't sit here and just like, you know, dead space, like, you know mouth breather basically um but no that that is one thing that I, i've always appreciated about you where i could just ask you about like hey what are your thoughts on lord of the rings or what are your thoughts on like what like how the mcu is doing or something like that or, or something along those movies that as we get older we start to appreciate the writing more mm -hmm. you know what i mean um so no i that's that's inspiring to hear that man it really yeah. is yeah, and I just like, um, I don't. I, I love like finding things out about stories that I maybe, especially like if I didn't, you know, the first time. Like a good example of like my my viewpoint on on like movies or like what what I get so hyped about with stories is like Star Wars is an easy example because Star Wars is a movie that most people have seen, and it's pretty easy to kind of whittle it down to. It's like, yeah, it's about the dark and the light and finding the balance and this and this, and it's like, man there's so much more that these movies are about. Like they talk on like, there's so much reference about like fatherhood, which as a father, I receive in a very real way. And uh, there's so much, you know, discussions about uh, faith and violence and friendships. And like, it's just, they're so much deeper than just being like good guys and bad guys with like laser swords and blasters. It's like, I know it's such a more complex, rich story that just has that stuff masked over it to get you in there, you know, but mm -hmm. like really are, I mean, there's a lot of talk about politics in those movies and like things like that. And I just love finding those and then finding where it repeats and be like, Oh, that's like, like this movie. I mean, one of George Lucas's famous quotes is it's like poetry. It rhymes. And that's why it works. That's why star Wars works. It's yeah. Trilogy, every movie echoes something from the past something from the previous stories and it's like a poem and you're able to like appreciate as a whole and i just think that that's such a good way to look at not only his stories but other franchises as well and so i, I don't know i just like i nerd out about like learning about that and like discovering those things inside of stories that they aren't verbally saying so which is why i get really annoyed when people like need their hand held through movies yeah they just don't like it and then they get mad when they think it's like a dumb movie and it's like no you just i hate to be that guy but you just didn't get it and, yeah like, it's such a lame response but like it's you true. just don't get it do you you, yeah, right. you don't like <laughs> you don't um no but i i i can relate that to um like tv shows or, or music where you hear this new band you're like oh man dude like they rip this vocalist kind of sounds familiar and then you do some digging, you're like, oh, Chris Roeder with like Moss of Flames with 
he was with a graceful. Okay. And then you like appreciate that connection because you learn the story and you learn the journey of them getting there. So kind of like with Star Wars, for example, like you, you'll see something in some of these new shows and to some of the bigger fans like yourself, you'll see the symbol. You're like, that's what they were talking about in boom. So then you start to like, your brain starts working. You're like, oh man, that, that means so-and-so must be coming in a couple episodes. Um, it's inspiring. It's, it's, it's exciting too. Like if you have that involvement or that passion in something. Um, so yeah, I love that. Yeah. Love, love. Yeah. It's, it's, um, I don't know. It's, it's fun. Like being able to like nerd out about that too, with people and like other friends who like, who like star Wars or like anything that I'm into. It's just like, Feel like I can bounce back and forth for hours about it, mm-hmm. and that's just kind of makes it enough of a passion in itself that you can even like have that type of conversation with somebody. I don't know. I just feel like myself like finding more enjoyment in that last few years. And it's weird because I'm sure when you were younger, you weren't expecting you to have that mindset like you do now. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. yeah. I was just playing with the Lego sets. <laughs> like nothing wrong with that, man. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Um. Okay. I want to end this with a music question. Okay. And you, you, so you, you did bring up, you mentioned the word faith. Now we don't have to go down that road. That could be a totally different episode, but what are your thoughts on some of those musicians or, or bands that kind of start with the quote unquote Christian band? Cause I know you and I have the same, we share the same faith thoughts, you know, um, share the same, anger on certain things i think too um but i did want to see kind of like what your thoughts are on like some of those bands that go from like the quote-unquote christian band to maybe denouncing their faith at some point or just going more towards like hey some of us are christian some of us are not what uh, what are your thoughts on that because i know like like prada was one of the, the big ones right like when we were when we were younger or when they started off they were like a christian band playing all the christian festivals and then now it's more so like you know, some of us aren't even Christians anymore, or some of us, you know, we just don't talk about it, and it is what it is. For sure. Um, yeah, I think I definitely have a lot of, like, grace and understanding for them, especially in the time that I was in Let Go, which was, like, a pretty outspokenly, like, spirit-filled hardcore band. Um, I definitely had nowhere near the experience that those bands did, because they were way bigger, and were involved with so many more people. But, um, yeah, no, I just think that I, I definitely, like, don't, it doesn't upset me at all, or I don't, like, I mean, there's obviously a little sadness there when, like, you have that belief, and you found a connection in a band that did as well, and then when they don't, that does feel weird. Um, But I just, like, usually when I see the reasons why, I'm like, yeah, dude, I, I get it. Like, I don't blame you at all. Like, even not not just for musicians but just people in general like i've had friends that have kind of like drifted away or or done their thing um and i'm like i i'm gonna love you regardless like i don't care you know like that's yeah. that's on you and, and i get it like there's times where i have i have frustrations i don't want to say embarrassment sometimes yes but like frustrations with like look i don't like you calling yourself this title because i don't think it it's a good representation um, and I'm not saying I'm perfect. And I think that's what makes a Christian true is like, look, I'm not perfect. Like that's, 
that's why I am who I am, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But it's those people who kind of have that like walk on water mentality. I'll hear those interviews of those bands or of those, you know, somewhat higher platform celebrity people. And they'll say why they they don't feel that. I'm like, I, I can understand that, you know, and is what it is, man. Like some of them that like you'll have a band tour in Europe and you'll be like, well, this is, this is not, you know, anything that, that what I've heard over States or something like that. So I, I, I get it. I mean, like it is kind of sad in some ways, but yeah, everyone chooses their own path. Yeah. And like, you're just, there's such a large amount of pressure when you're in that position and you're held to some pretty ridiculous standards because you know, like the Christian faith has so many interpretations and opinions within it already. So that when you put yourself in a position that is on display for all of those people, you're going to get all of those people telling you what you're doing wrong. And while you're being a bad representation or this and that, and like, so it's just a really unfair pressure. And there's also a very unfair level of vitriol that comes towards them from Christians when they do this or that. And so it's just like, I, my band did not get anywhere near the level they were at, but still I could just tell there was always these conversations we're having to have about certain things. And like, I remember this one like heavy Christian music publication did a review on our EP and gave it a a pretty good rating, but it actually, they said it would have been five out of five stars, but we got four out of five because one of our songs says bastard. Yeah. And I was like, wow. <laughs> not that I care at all because like whatever. Like it's not that I care about not getting five stars. It's just like that was the reason. Mm-hmm. Also, would you rather you just said something else? Because that song is about a dad abusing his daughter. Is a friend of the guys in the band that they knew personally doing very terrible things to his daughter. And so the song calls him a bastard. And he is a bastard. Like, yeah. That's, yeah. That's a, pretty, <laughs> that's a pretty G-rated term to use for what that guy is. You know? Yeah. I'd, I'd use much worse verbiage than that. Um, well, it's funny, too. That's like a little example of how people can have these ridiculous standards and then have a hissy fit about it. And it just steamrolls into something else. Well, it's kind of funny because, like, I remember, you know, I started out as, like, a youth group leader. And then, like, I looked. I have friends from that youth group leader who still, you know, have like the term Christian and, or even some like Christian, Christian band artists. Um, like, Oh no, like he said shit in a song. It's like, okay. Like it is weird how that does change over time. Um, but you're right. It does have that pressure of like, Hey, you have to meet like this standard. It's like, well, whose standard is that exactly? You know? Like every song has to be about something biblical instead of like a real experience you want to write about, you know? Yeah. Like a struggle in life or something like you could do that or something biblical. How does this like, Oh, how does this glorify the Lord? It's like, well, I guess I'm glorifying the Lord by using the gifts he gave me to write music that I care about, about a real experience. Like the lyrics don't have to be this specific thing all the time. So it's just, there, yeah, I guess there's a wide, just a long, long answer to your question. That's, that's a good answer, though. I feel about that. But I also think that some bands can be kind of annoying about it. I remember seeing 100th uh, on their first tour after they kind of announced that they were 
done with that. And they just seemed like very not cool dudes. Like mm-hmm. it almost seems like they're at, cause I met them before and after that and they were much nicer before. And, and I guess if they were pretending to be nice, I guess good for them. They're being who they are, which is not nice, but uh, they were just kind of like not kind and very arrogant. And then Gideon, for example, is that times 10, like they, it's like they, their album they put out after they like stopped being a Christian band or whatever was like, oh, this is like a bunch of middle school kids who just figured out how to swear and they're doing it for the first time on this album. That's like what that album, it felt so over the top. Like, I don't care if music has swearing in it. I love music that has swearing in it. But it just felt like such a try hard, like crybaby album from them. That was Which like, album was that? Was that No Love No One or was that Cold? No Love No One is just like a two song EP that's like their. Oh, favorite. yeah, that's the single. That's so good. I love that music. But uh, Cold is Sweet. No, it's the one after that. Cold out, of really, co- out of control. Out of control. That yeah. one was just like, all right, guys, we get it. You can swear now. You can like, you don't have to like, you're being so over the top about it that it sounds like cringy. And like, yeah. I, I probably to some listeners that might sound weird. Like, I can't stress to you how much I don't care that they're swearing in music because I've written music with swearing in it. Like, that's not what I'm saying. I'm simply just pointing out that like, there's such a an apparent shift in their attitudes and how they were writing the music that it felt so fake. Mm-hmm. And they just have this really tough guy, like pissy attitude all the time. And like with everything they do. And I'll tell you what, when we were with them at I matter and I've played a bunch of shows with Gideon, actually, they have never been kind people, always very arrogant and rude. And so I'm just sort of like, there's just some bands when like they go off the edge and I'm just like, all right guys, whatever. And I even remember like they did a big interview with that album kind of, giving their story about like their change and it it was a pretty cringy interview like even friends of mine who aren't christians read it and they were like that guy just kind of seems like a big baby to be honest with you <laughs> like yeah it just kind of looked like they wanted an excuse to be like pissy tough guys and that's what they did so which is tough because they were literally like my favorite band of all time and see this is a thing like i love i mean so so yeah milestone is like one of my favorite albums and there's been times where, so I, we both have tattoos, right? Um, and I've wanted a Gideon tattoo, but it's like one of those things where, first off, who cares if, if I get one or not, right? Like, it, it's about me. Like, when people ask me about my tattoos, like, I'll I'll tell them, you know, but I'm not doing them, I'm not getting a tattoo to, like, show it off. You know, like, I'll, I'll post a picture when I'm at the studio, like, yo, with with my artist just get get a new piece or something like that mm-hmm. um but like some of their lyrics in milestone even like calloused i i i like that one quite a bit too it's a little yeah. heavier um actually it's maybe not heavier but yeah. it's one of those things where like i've wanted to get a gideon tattoo but then because they've changed so much and i don't like where they are now Mm-hmm. It's it's just kind of one. It's it's just hard, you know. Because yeah. I I love them. I remember seeing them live, uh, in Chicago with Four Today and Silent Planet. Um, yeah, they were they're incredible live. They're like them and Fit for a King are like some of the best live bands I've ever seen. They're so good, dude. Yeah. Have you seen Have you seen ABR live? I have. They're yeah, they're up there too. Definitely. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. And I 
I still like like them. Like they're new. They have new music coming out right now, and they've put out three songs. And one of them I actually dig quite a bit. The other two are kind of seem like they belong on the last album. So I'm hoping like the rest of it isn't like that. But um, I don't know. I guess to kind of just like sum that up too, I guess like I also won't ever really blame anyone for taking that step away because like I just don't think that nowadays like Christians haven't really given like a lot of good reasons to write a lot of good music about stuff lately i don't feel like not that christian bands should write music about christians or their behavior but it's like i guess i shouldn't word it like that way i should say the christian name hasn't been easy to be affiliated with the last few years i guess i'll say that i so think I that's think a better way of yeah so why would you want to be a part of that some some people may think that like i don't say like i think that but like i could understand a band feeling that way or people feeling that or way. Or like, people feeling that way. Right. Like, I don't want to be associated with that because it doesn't, that name doesn't carry the best reputation lately. And that's not anyone's fault. That's, there's a well, myriad of reasons of why that may be, but there's uh, just this very clear stigma in the air about it. And I don't blame people for maybe not wanting to mess with it. And that's why I kind of mentioned, um, it's a little, maybe not embarrassing, but it's one of those things where it's like, I don't feel... Like, I don't want to be associated with you who shares that title. For example, um, a friend of mine, uh, he was a youth pastor. He's kind of like an associate pastor now. He posted a picture of, and we're not here to be political people, um, but it was the January 6th storming the Capitol thing. And there was a sign that said, like, you know, Jesus is Lord or something like that. And he posted, and, and my friend posted a picture, said, this is what I don't want to see. I don't want to see people acting out in a way that is harmful or just crazy or chaotic. And you see this sign because the outside view, you're going to be like, Oh, here go those crazy Christians again, you know? And I'm like, there's people that probably know me as just a, a good loving person. Um, but because I haven't told them I'm a Christian, it's like, I'm just going to let my actions do that as, as how it should be, you know, because I don't want to be associated with some of those people. Right. Um, and that's the thing, like, that's kind of the point of saying, too, it's like, it's not even that it's anybody's fault, because like, mm-hmm. you can't blame everybody. You can't like just say, oh, well, these people are like this. So I'm like, not going to be a Christian now. It's like, that's not what I'm saying either. It's just like, there's just so much noise going on about Christianity and some good ways, some not so good ways. And I just like, I just simply don't blame anyone for not wanting to like blast that on the front of their business or their band and like make yeah. that stable. I just get it. If you don't want to do it, I get it. Like, yeah, maybe there hasn't been a lot of good reasons for you to want to. Um, that being said, the band that I'm doing that I started now is going to be like a Christian band. And we're kind of hoping to like be a better example maybe mm-hmm. um so it's definitely not like uh it's definitely not saying that's not where i'm at i was at that i was at that point for a while i was like i just don't want to be in a christian band i don't want to be associated with any of this because like i'm just not on the same page as maybe a lot of people might assume i am i don't want to deal with the pressure blah 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 i had my long list of reasons why i was just right. like, I, I don't care about i don't need that to be in my music anymore i can walk my faith in other ways um, but only recently have have I 
gotten back into a project that's like that and it is nice i i like it and i'm hopeful that we can do it the right way and i'm sure it will be tough you know at times and we're going to have some annoying conversations with people at times but um you know someone's got to do it yeah so well I, I love you man i'm proud of you for doing that i uh I, I, you know, you always have my support and stuff. Um, I, <laughs> I do admit, you know, uh, there's times where I'm pretty thirsty because I'd love to do something musically with you, but um, I just need to get in the right space again. Um, yeah, man. For that, so I'm, I'm always encouraged, man. I, I tell people you're probably one of the most musically talented people that I've met. Um, that, that, that's a good friend. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. No offense, but like I've, I've. I've met some pretty cool guys in my day. So <laughs> no, I appreciate that. That's no, awesome. no, man. Um, I'm encouraged with with what you're doing always. So well, same for you with the podcast, man. This is awesome. Like I, uh, I feel like I have always wanted to do one, or like I've also spectated you in the over the years, and I've always seen you do a few podcasts and figured that it'd be something you'd be good at. So I'm glad you're doing it, taking the leap. Thanks, man. Yeah, That's it's um, cool. I've. I've kind of had this thought, you know, is uh, art is just being vulnerable with your life, you know? So like this being open, being out there. Um, but I love talking to people. I, I love, <laughs> yeah, I love talking to people. I love hearing people's stories and passions and I want other people to hear them too. Um, it's encouraging, you know, and with, you know, with my experience as a bartender, dude, I've meet all kinds of people. I hear all kinds of stories. Um, you know, it, it's, yeah. It just seems right. I love talking about things too. Um, at least things I know about. So I kind of sound smart because I'm not that smart of a person at times, but you know, it is what it is. So <laughs> yeah, but I appreciate it, man. Um, so where can everybody find you? Where can they find your music? You know, where can they find you on social media? Yeah, well, I kept it real easy. My names on social media are just my first and last name. No no spaces, no symbols, no nothing. Just Austin Hawker at Austin Hawker on Twitter and Instagram. Um, that's where you can find me telling you about how the last episode of the thing that I like probably made me cry. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, there's not really any music to check out right now just because there's a new project. I mean, you can go listen to Still Breather on Apple Music, Spotify, YouTube. Um, you can check out Let Go. I think that's on all the same things maybe. But uh, yeah, just keep Keep an eye out for what I got going next, I guess. Yeah. And anything you got going on, man. Love to have you back on. Dude, I'll come back anytime. All right. Thanks, mommy. You got it, jeans. <laughs>